What's up, y'all? My name is Suleiman Azimi. This is Greg Sanga. We are duo. We're here uh, to promote our events, which is on September 18th, Saturday in Oakland, California. We're going to be um, hosting a charity event for the ongoing crisis in Afghanistan. We're going to be playing our new album uh, live, and we're going to be also playing the music of our new album live for you. Uh, we hope you can be there. Please head to www.duoexp.com to purchase your tickets. Limited tickets available now. Greg Sanga, talk to me. Shout out Aiden Nelson, who helped record the project Ocean Mountain. That will be the album you'll be listening to. All of the uh, proceeds will be going towards a good cause. So um, hope you come with a good appetite for both music and food. And we'll have a good time. For sure. Peace, peace. See you there. It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. Greg, if I have a rap, I want you to ad lib for me and say ex those exact words. That's a thick ass microphone. Thick ass. A segment that I want to throw into, um, like maybe behind a paywall for ICBTB is Freestyle Friday. <laughs> and so we dress like, like zappy and we have like. Casual clothes on, jeans, and maybe like a t-shirt? No. Um, I like the idea. We could do that. The word, the idea can still work, but we just freestyle over non-copyright tracks and just like put it out and have guests on. Because like you guys would be dope for that. Ty would be dope for that. <laughs> or just And like even people that don't freestyle would be the funniest thing. And we, I would, Thanks for keeping me included in that. Well, I already included you in oh, I this. I thought that was the last one. Like people who don't freestyle, it's like, oh, that's me. Finally, but I'm in good. In post, I'm just gonna it's edit you out. <laughs> Sule, did you get more tattoos, or have I never yep. seen your legs? I got a new leg tat. Whoa, man! I got a full leg tat. Look at it. How did it? Okay, that's nice. That few questions. Nice. What is it? It's two tigers. One starts on my knee, which is a little harder to see because my knee's dark. Uh huh. And then there's another tiger. Uh, the, towards the bottom of my shin. <laughs> and one is on the top of like a cliff. One is at the bottom on the ground looking up. The one on the cliff's looking down. The one on the ground's looking up. Like Scar and Mufasa. No. Oh. <laughs> I love the immediate. <laughs> Did you frown? <laughs> my mistake. It's a story that I learned. The story is. The Lion King. Two tigers. No, sorry. It's tigers above and below is the story. Hmm. And the story is that some something like there's a, a young girl or a boy, whatever, running through the jungle. And um, she no he or she notices that there's a tiger locked in on, the, on, on her. Let's call her her. Mm -hmm. And she feels fear. And she runs and runs through the jungle and finally comes to a, a cliff's edge. There's nowhere else to go. And she notices a tree at the cliff's edge. She runs to the tree, and there are roots dangling off the cliff's edge. And the tiger's locked in on her, so she goes to the roots, and she climbs down the roots. So she's safe, and she looks up, and the tiger's above, right? Mm -hmm. And she takes a breath, and she's safe, and she looks down, and there's a tiger below, too, looking up at her, right? Oh. And she wonders, what should I do? There's tigers above, tigers below. And she looks to her right or left, and she sees a strawberry bush growing out of the side of the cliff. Hmm. She's hanging on the root, and there's a... And then she sees a big, juicy strawberry, and she pulls it off the, off the, off the plant, 
and takes a big bite of the juicy strawberry and that's the end of the story <laughs> oh so it's she like, lives on the roots forever it's a story of no oh. it's a story of you know like being in the the moment the present moment is the fruit of life mm-hmm. you know tigers above and below is like the past and the present you know yeah. and, or the past and the future rather and then there's this moment there's this juicy strawberry in the in the moment mm-hmm. so i was inspired by the story but i already had the idea of having a a cat on my knee which my best one of my best buds has and i just liked that and i wanted one too a cat on my knee but then that just like made me go for it you know i was like ah oh, it's a great story and i already want cats on my on my legs so i'll just do it looks like it's beautiful artwork it is man it's a really Beautiful artwork. Uh, shout out to Victor J. Webster. Victor mm-hmm. J. Webster is uh, just an incredible artist. He also did the artwork on my arm. He's in Monterio, California now. I think the art form that is getting tattoos, that's like such a beautiful uh, concept that could easily be misused. People get addicted to getting tattoos all the time and they get stupid shit on their body. Like, even when they understand that, hey, like, this is going to be on your body forever. And I could just be an asshole because I'm some I'm the only person in this room, literally, that doesn't have a tattoo. Oh, so you can't even talk, bro? It's like, no, I'm just playing. No, <laughs> but, like, I have talked to some individuals that I've met at some parties and they're drunk as fuck and they just have, like, really bad tattoos that hold zero meaning behind them. They just wanted to get it because they had, were drunk one time at a... Uh, random town and they're like yeah i guess i vibe with donald duck and i'll get it on my back and now they have a shitty picture of donald duck that looks more like daffy duck on their back yeah. well that's the most egregious parts about it if they do a daffy duck and it doesn't look like donald duck <laughs> and you just have to deal with that and you have to get more money to like let's talk about your tattoo right there what's that this is a, a reimagining of blackbeard the pirate's flag it represents uh the devil carrying the spear of destiny which uh, was the spear that pierced Jesus's heart as he was suffocating on the cross. That heart represents Jesus's cross. As his blood drips down, it was collected in the Holy Grail, which immediately lit on fire because, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. Blackbeard, baby. Isn't that like a hard thing to respond to? <laughs> I don't even know what just happened. Like what, what uh, your ideologies and like what you're pirate. into. But like, yes, and it comes down it's to pirate. he loves pirates. He loves Blackbeard. Do you know what Blackbeard did before he was a pirate? He was an English teacher. Had a brown beard. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) He was an English teacher. His name was Edward Teeth. And then his ship got uh, taken over by pirates. And then he looked around at all the idiots and was like, I could run this shit. And then he became the most feared pirate in the world. Really? Yes, I don't know anything about this guy. When he died, the story is that they cut his head from his body and tied it to the the front of their ship. And then his body swam around that ship three times before it sank. I was just thinking like pirates back in the day, you know, it's all like, arr. And now like pirates would be like... Give me your shit, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, dude, pirates way. are just ocean gangsters. I know, right? That's Greg, what it is. Greg, do you know what a pirate's favorite letter is? R. Most people think it's R. It's actually the C. <laughs> <laughs> You're so wet, bro. Thank I you. Love. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, the way he did that shit was funny. He's used to it. He's going to be a like, great dad. I feel like Alejandro <laughs> has waited his entire life for no. the moment of this joke. Not even. Because <laughs> this is he said this maybe four times in, on the podcast. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. I like but then there's new guests. He just likes new audience members. That joke made James Franco laugh. So Really? It's nice. staying in my pocket. 
when did you tell him that? I was telling somebody else that, and he over. I was at the Harry Potter play in New York. He was one row in front of me. I was walking past. I was in row R, and the girl was in the way. So I said, "Okay, hey, you know what a pirate's favorite letter is?" R, and, and I said, "No, it's actually does C." And I looked over at him, and he he chuckled. He definitely fucking heard me. Really? Yes, nice. sir. He did. Dude, congratulations. Thank Let's you. And then on the way out, I was like right behind him, and I was throwing away my trash, and he looked at what I was throwing away because he's interested in me. Yeah. James Franco is interested in my life. Away. That's right. It's two glass bottles, Brooklyn Lager. There you go, James Franco. Wow. Were you hoping that he'd like you enough that he'd be like, who's that guy that said that pirate joke? <laughs> hey, tell me that pirate joke one more time. <laughs> I have this perfect role for a character in cut, my upcoming Cut to movie. eight months later, I'm like scooping ice cream, like not saying anything. <laughs> This guy said a pirate joke. <laughs> That's Hollywood, baby. Welcome, 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 everybody. Hey, welcome to another episode of ICBTB's Highly Irrelevant. Oh, yes. Highly Irrelevant. Um, you don't even know what day it is. Dude, it's kind it's of the like, same day. I'm going to say real quick, it is weird not doing this with headphones, and I'm like really trying to adjust. So, uh, oh, yeah, baby. Guys, how are you feeling? Cold. Good. You Got guys it. literally just showed us. <laughs> your new album i feel special as fuck because it hasn't even come out yet it's a dream come true <laughs> the to fact- listen to albums with the artist before it comes out and you guys were contemplating just like hey let's just show the homies like you know two or three joints but you guys gave us the full experience from beginning to end with context with like director's commentary <laughs> as we were going sule was over here just like no nah, run it back run it back it felt like i was in the studio with y'all you can't pay for an experience like that. That is truly a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I mean, it I really don't incredible. know when I'll ever get an opportunity to experience that again. Because I get to listen to the music with the artist who, I mean, and then Christian's over there in the corner getting me beer. What a, what a day in the life, man. What a day in the yeah, life. Yeah, dude. I'm such a good friend, and we have a... Uh... I didn't say that. <sighs> hey, fuck you, dude. <laughs> but no, speaking of good friends, guys... You guys are back for the third time oh, yeah. on ICBT. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, no, we've gone like people like you guys because you guys people really like your your episodes. I think it's just a good vibe and a good time every single time you guys come on. So thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah ladies and gentlemen, baddies, we have once again for the third time on the casting couch, duo EXP, Greg Sanga and Suleiman. Thanks for coming out, y'all. Y'all. So you guys have a new album coming out. Um, September 18th titled Ocean Mountain and like we talked about uh, last time you guys were here you guys want to talk about that a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I mean not at the same time whoa whoa whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> where do we start? Dude, uh, yeah. Ocean Mountain yeah it's an album that we recorded over this summer we did it at the house we live in in Martinez, California with our good friend uh, Aiden Nelson who was the recording engineer for everything Oh yeah, but um, yeah, man, pretty cool experience. Well, it's like three different sessions that we did, four sessions. Four yeah, sessions. we did it uh, in four days. Um, over the course of I think a few months, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say, it's one. It's something that I've never. I have a hard time with music. I'm I'm pretty much a muggle, as you guys would call them, um, a muggle with like friends who know what's happening. So I understand music a little bit, but that was fucking awesome. Like honestly, just listening to the whole album in its entirety in its one sitting, it's it's not something a lot of people do often with almost anything. I mean, a layperson like myself, it's almost impossible to sit and listen to an entire album from beginning to end and get everything from it. And what a fucking experience I had just there. I mean, every single song I thought was going to be my favorite one, and then the next one would come on and that sounds almost like a cliche, but truly 
it's just everything is topping itself and adding itself. And there's songs, there's notes of, you know, melancholy and sadness that come right back into like a hardcore, just like a real rock and roll sound. And then one of the songs I said reminded me of like Lenny Kravitz and you said it was like a Red Hot Chili Peppers mix. And it was just such a great experience for somebody like me to listen to music that I've, like this that I've never heard before. Well, th- thanks so much, man. That's like um, super meaningful. And I think just the, the work that we put into the album, like it, uh, means a lot coming from someone like yourself just like you said like a muggle, maybe like, a yeah. muggle like yes. yourself yes. bro a muggle plus you're, one you're, a muggle plus you one. said it first but you know it's good to see that it's resonating um you know on all levels because even christian sure. was having a good time too yes yeah. yes um definitely and yeah. yeah um and it's important i'm sure you guys have listened to this over and over again like through different ways of like you guys were telling me you guys would listen to it in your car through speakers through headphones over and over again because this is your guys's baby and so it's important to see how it is received with people that haven't like listened to it or that are listening to it for the first time, especially, right? Because it's like uh, mm-hmm. photographers that edit their photos and posts. Mm. You look at one, uh, you look at one thing for the longest time, and it starts looking like mush, mm. and that's why they, they have to take a break and come back to it. But then, like you finally like. Uh, you finally edit the po- uh, the photo and post and you put it out and like someone sees it and they love it. That's exactly like what we were to you because I, I think I have a broken like neck from how much I was like moving to your guys's <laughs> album. So good. Um, and what's beautiful with just you two. And I've talked about it before. You guys have this like wall of sound with it just being you two live or pre-recorded just like this album. What's beautiful is that you guys are each highlighted equally in, in each and every track, vocals and guitar. And the intr- uh, very intricate like rhythm that you got as a, as a drummer. Like I, obviously I grew up with you, we did drum line, <laughs> and like I get off to like the unpredictable fills that you have that don't make sense. It doesn't make any sense to me, but like, yo man, I'm moving to it. So like once again, you guys, you guys killed it, and I'm so proud of you guys. The thing that I kept thinking about with your drumming, Greg, was like, it's almost like Frank Sinatra's singing, where he like purposely chooses to be, you know, one beat behind. He's changing it a little bit. He's making it his own. It was truly that was the first thing that came to my mind, uh, where it was just like th- he's singing with drums. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, like the I just remember what you were saying to me about like when we first got the the mixes back, and you were kind of like, dude, you're drumming on this album because I was kind of the opposite about it in the moment not getting to listen back to everything and mm. you know you kind of record the the takes as it the, as it comes and you're like all right i'm gonna hear it when it's when it's all good and yeah i even remember there's a couple songs where um do you remember what songs they were where you you decided to like step out for a little bit and i was like oh yeah i got this what song was that why because i wasn't no nah, there was like well there was just like you kind of let me and aiden do our thing when we record because let me rewind so the way we would record is we do like drums first and then we do guitar and then we do vocals hmm. so all, all these four different sessions we get everything set up we'd sit down get everything tuned in and make sure the mics are all working and then we record mm-hmm. drums and so there was this one of the sessions where um we were just kind of doing our thing. I think you just like stepped out to smoke or something. And then when uh, you came back in or like I was already done. Oh, maybe it was the day you weren't feeling too well. You had stepped out. Me and Aiden finished one of the songs. And then when it was your time to come in and record the guitars, you were like, what the fuck is like, Yeah. what what is all of this shit? Like, what did you just record? 
So, Michael Jordan did? You flu gamed it and just came in sick and nah, made it that fire? I had fire? a meltdown is what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, well, I call that Michael Jordan again. Yeah. Well, and I guess like my point was is like stuff like that happened, right? There was some tension during the album where we recorded stuff and it was kind of like I was going on my own intuition and it ended up not being the way that, you know, Suleiman wanted it to be in the first place. But then as the record kind of came together, yeah, yeah, he was like, yo, it's actually dope. And Mm -hmm. so like hearing the mixes after the... It was like what I had written in my mind too. (laughs) We have those same arguments all the time. All the time. Sometimes like it doesn't feel right or good in the moment because like we are so instilled in our own beliefs. But you, you guys are a collaborative team with two different perspectives on music, which is what makes your guys is like duo a duo, a beautiful like culmination of music. And so everything that is outside of your box, um, it's a Venn diagram. Everything that's like outside of your box might be in his box. You guys bring each other new different angles to music that you guys never would have thought of, right? Yeah. Like obviously you are rhythmically inclined and you 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 know what like good vocals and like good melodies and like chord progressions sound like. But then, like, you are vocally and, like, uh, I'm rhythm- melodically inclined. inclined, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you, I'm, I'm sure you definitely are. Um, but, like, that's definitely, like, you're, he's the drummer of your guys' duo, you know? So yeah. he's the one that's actually, like, bringing it from the brain to the, to the kit, right? Mm-hmm. No, nah, I see what Something. you're trying to say. There's, it's definitely, you know, it's like the same old duality thing. Mm-hmm. Ocean Mountain. Yeah, we have different things. Like I, I consider myself a drummer at heart. Greg knows my drumming soul, my drum essence. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think he can recognize it as a drummer. Yeah, even though I'm not a practice drummer, I do. Um, drum around. I like you know. I really like the drums in terms of when we write our stuff. You know, that's why yeah. I was like watching you react to Greg's drum parts and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the drums a little myself. I, I was in middle school. Thank you. I've been waiting for a long time. Uh, so I've been sorry. in middle school drumline for a little while. But growing up, I always wanted to be a drummer. And I like, drum mm. set was one of the first big purchases I ever made in my life. Mm. Um, and it's always been something that's been super intrinsic in my life. Something that I've always been able to connect to is the the baseline and the drumming of songs. It's something I can always focus into and 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 I'm I'm pulled to, you know. And it, it is you know. It's inc- I've tried. Everyone in my family plays guitars except for me, and so I'm like literally the only one in the Middleton family who can't just like curl my fingers the right goddamn way. Um, but that's fine because mm. I can bang on drums as loud as anybody mm. else can, and that's kind of like the louder you are, the smarter you are, right? You guys got something here. Like, how did it feel like to complete it, to listen to it, and to know that you guys had this product you guys been working on for so long? Felt dope, man. I mean, like like I said, there was kind of like the uncertainty in the moment for me personally and then just like being able to hear the full uh product and even just hear it evolve too you know there's been so many different mixes that we've listened Mm -hmm. to and um things that we added you know you're telling you about the that end part there where we added some vocal stuff at the end like we did that last like yeah you know maybe like two weeks ago we did that so it was like right at the tail end but um yeah man it's been it's been so cool and it's you know just like the entire process of creating an album is in it in and of itself just when you do it the right way like such a cool experience and you know when it comes out good but i think that comes with making sure you have a good team of people to create the album too right not just like a studio bedroom hero like all right i i bought my fruity loops made this like 
you know, we were really doing the thing with um, Aiden in particular. Like, he's got all the gear that... Tell him how we did it, Greg. Oh, hell yeah, man. Like, this man rolled all of his shit and He's got, like, <laughs> freaking all the mics that we needed. We Every single drum on my kit was mic'd. Wow. We had every single amplify or so uh, every cool. single um, amp mic'd. We created vocal booth for wow. um, when we did vocals. It's just like... You know, shout out Fantasy Studios. That's actually how I know Aiden is through Fantasy. And mm-hmm. I mean, the way we were recording is just like we would be there at <laughs> at Fantasy Studios. You know, just um, creating all all of the same yeah, fan- things that we would do. Yeah, for sure, man. So Fantasy Studios, legendary studio, Berkeley, California. Hell yeah, we recorded our first uh, record there live. Uh, Death of Poor Boy live from Fantasy Studios, Berkeley, so California. Cool. And Greg and Aiden were both interns there, correct? Mm-hmm. And learned the ways under some of the legends that have worked in that studio. And um, we brought some of that legendary knowledge into our home Mm -hmm. and recorded this album over the course of four days. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. what is so cool is that you guys live with each other, um, which is, I don't know if the baddies know that. You guys live with each other. You guys have brought this studio to your home and to make such a beautiful thing that is usually separate from like the place that you live. But like, cause the studio has a, has a sense of home when like music is like your fucking passion when it's your love. And to bring this place, like I find it analogous to like having the studio for this podcast in here. Sometimes I do just walk into this room and I'm like, fuck Alejandro and I like, this is like where we've like, just created some like some beautiful conversations and like met some like amazing people and had some some great talks and like now you guys have like intertwined that feeling of like you guys made some beautiful music in this home that you get to wake up to your kit and your 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 guitar and bass and your microphone they are inside your home so you wake up you see that shit there and so yeah. like that's a beautiful thing to put inside of your home let's say like the idea of doing it at the home is <laughs> is it contrasting from like what we've been saying what do you say was it mixing work with home is it hard to turn off your work brain now because it's in your house <laughs> <laughs> no i mean the thing is you can do a record in the house but if you got good equipment then it can sound good yeah sure. Right? Like, everyone's making music in their house. Rick Rubin records in a trailer, like an Airstream. Right. But he's still got that whole thing, though. He's still Rick I think he yeah. mixes in the Airstream. Mm. Is that what it mistaken. is? Yeah. Okay. But regardless, I mean, to your point, like, everyone is is creating from their bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, additionally, like, the the feeling of creating an album after you've created it and just reflecting on the process Mm -hmm. and the memories and the nostalgia around where you did it, especially if you're like waking up in the same place, which admittedly, I don't really feel necessarily like, you know, this specialness around our home since we've made the album necessarily, Mm -hmm. but it is, as you've mentioned it, starting to develop. Like it's, that's kind of factual, you know, like, you know, it is, it is real. Like, yeah, in, in a couple of months or something, we're going to think about it. We will. Yeah. We'll be sitting in the room like, oh, wow. Depending on wherever Ocean Mountain takes us. But yeah, so no, uh, agreeable to what you're saying. Like, yeah. you know, it makes sense. Like, you know, it's just like memories and the process and then do, deciding to do it in our home is, is a, um, you know, 
uh, how do you say, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a strong memory. Yeah. Right? Let's say in, like, five years or however many years. I don't know, like, what your guys' plans are in terms of, like, living situations when life does move on. Sure. But, like, when you do, uh, let's say you run into pictures of the home that you're currently living in. Right, like, this kind of thing. Fuck. Yeah. We, we recorded an entire album right there. Well, we do that already with, like, recording a fantasy for our first record. <laughs> our second re- second record we did in San Rafael with Aiden, who's our, you know, who's engineered our most recent record. He'll produce it as well, and sim, you know, similarly, we feel a nostalgia around the process of having created, yeah, you know, art in different periods of our life. Yeah, you know, like you ask us about this record, it's like, for, at least for me, it's. I'm not at the point where I can reflect on it in a sort of nostalgic way. Yeah, it's so of course fresh. not. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're not, it's not out yet. How could you be nostalgic <laughs> about something that hasn't even been? <laughs> that's a, it's that's like it's impossible. Point. I don't yeah, know. That's how it is nowadays. You know, like people online and and they they release the nostalgia aesthetic earlier than they're uh, like throwback Thursday to my <laughs> album that hasn't released. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's when I recorded this six months ago and then gave it to producers and let them make it actually work. It's like no, that's not what you guys do. You guys make it work. Um, I have to pee. You got to pee already? I, you know what? I'm so sorry. My bladder has gotten a lot smaller in my life as I'm getting older. Go and... ahead, man. Okay, go ahead. Go pee. We got a couple pee stories in the meantime. Go ahead. <laughs> Fantastic. Christian never lets my pee stories in. Dude, yeah. Um, so... We're not gonna talk about P. I'm just gonna let you. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Do we? Re- we don't. I want to talk. There's so. I got you guys here right now. We're talking about your new album and shit. It's so. That this man Greg. All right. No. Let me tell you. <laughs> what, are you gonna how talk about you? his pee? Huh? How old are you? Man. This man Greg was a kid. Okay. Was, yeah. I don't know, like five. He goes four, to the bathroom. Five. I don't know what his age is. He goes to the bathroom. He's at the doctor's office. Doctor gives him a little cup to pee in. Uh huh. <laughs> so he goes to the bathroom. Cause you know you're supposed to pee in the cup, and yeah. then you know you like put it in the little thing or whatever, and you give it back to the doctor. <laughs> this man goes to the bathroom, right? He's like a kid. He doesn't. He's not thinking. <laughs> he pees in the little cup, and then he like looks at it. And he just pours it in the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> <laughs> what? You wasted your pee? He just poured it in the toilet, and he goes like to the door. He's like walking out. He's like, something doesn't feel right about this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like something's missing. <laughs> the best part was too when I went back to the doctor. He, I was like, "All right," like, and then because the, I threw the cup away, and then uh-huh, the doctor was like, "Greg, where, where's where's the cup?" And I was like, "Oh well, I threw it away." And then like, <laughs> when 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 it was like one of those like delayed reactions too, because like when he asked, I was like, "Oh, I threw it away," but then like right after my answer, it was yeah. like. Oh, that's I was what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to bring it back, and then he was like, "You, you have to like, you have to go back. You have to pee in this cup for me." Yeah, and I'm thinking in my head, dude, how am I going to pee if I Again. just peed? You like, can't. But I did, so I went back. Yeah, and I was like, "All right, man, I'll try." And like, I mean, granted, it wasn't as much as I thought it it was gonna be, but 
I was able to pee in the cup and then bring it back to the doctor, and yeah, it was cool. I had an uncle once who had to take a stool sample at the doctor's office, and they gave him the cup, and it was in a paper bag, and they handed it to him, mm. uh, and he just shit in the paper bag. And so he went back to the nurses and dropped his paper bag <laughs> on their desk and said, all right, see you guys later, and oh. walked away. And I remember my dad telling me that story, and be like, what? He didn't like look in the bag? Or, no, they handed him a bag, and he said, okay, I'll shit He's in like, the okay, I'll take it. That's what you want. All right, who am I to say? I'm not a nurse. I just had difficulty with pee samples, because it was just so hard to get it in the cup. Because my accuracy is not that great. Sometimes it splits. Well, that's a great segue because I went recently once to the <laughs> u- urologist for the same thing. I was, I was like, well, sometimes when I pee, my pee splits. Yeah. So I went to the urologist, and similarly, I had I had peed into this thing, like this machine that tests like your flow strength. Why isn't that in every urinal? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that'd be great. Um. <laughs> uh, Anyways, it's like, no, I'm just playing. Um, so it tested my pee strength and whatever, and then I like emptied my bowel, my emptied my bladder. And then... Um, <laughs> I emptied my bowels in it, and they kicked me out. I couldn't <laughs> believe why they would do that. No, she... So she did the... Um, ultrasound? Ultrasound, yeah, to see. And she said she was still... She said there was still pee in my bladder. Mm-hmm. So then I have more to pee. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I forget. Yeah, basically. I think you were making this point because, like, of my story where I had to go back and pee. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And so you still had more after that? Yeah, I that? had more than I thought. You think when you're done peeing, you actually have, like, more. I usually get it out. No, there's more. get it all out. Actually, sitting down when you pee helps because then it really fully drains you. You do that, too. I'm not, I never make fun of the fact that you sit down and pee. No, you I don't. Pee, you gotta yeah, pee. No, I don't, I don't accept criticism for it. I always sit when I pee. Yeah, all right. But one time when I was a kid, I was, like, oh, oh, I was like super young. Uh-huh. You just pull that closer to you, the entire base, if you'd like. I was, like, super young, and uh, probably, like, four or five years old. Yeah. And uh, I was living in, my, living in my apartment at the time in Virginia. Your own apartment at four or five years old. Yep. <laughs> it was crazy. You're thing. incredible. I was living in an apartment with my parents in Virginia growing up, and I was in my room. My bathroom was right across the hall from my bathroom. I was, like, maybe four or five. I don't know. And I woke up, and I had to pee really bad. And... I had like one of these closets, like a sliding door or something like that. So yeah. I slid the door open. I used to have these like little buckets with my toys in it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. these little yellow, they look like cylindrical, like the things of Super Mario, you know? Yeah, nice. Just like that. For some reason, I still, to this day, I have no idea why I did this. Like, I was like, I'm I just like, this. huh? I'm going to piss in this thing. This thing's now going to fill my, I'm going to yeah, fill Yeah, but with the piss. bathroom was like literally right there. <laughs> But I, for some reason, I like emptied the um, the toys out, all my toys out of the bucket, and just peed in the bucket. You were like sleepwalking. Not a bad oh. move, though. I would never move the toys. Sleep peeing. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so many? What? No, remove the toys. At least you did that. Well, one time I peed in a drawer. I didn't realize it until the next morning. Somebody was telling me like, "Oh yeah, we found you last night peeing in I a drawer." I still don't really know like what happened to the pee. Yeah. I don't know why I peed in a drawer either. And all that stuff's fine. That stuff gets used regularly. I, I mean, I don't Not think it me. would it like destroy the drawer. It didn't. What is your piss acid? What did you do for the with the bucket afterwards? The bucket was fine, right? Your parents cleaned I it up. I was a kid. I don't remember. Old. Yeah, yeah, dude. I just remember getting up. I had to pee, and I was like, "I'm gonna pee in this bucket." When my toys, you know, I emptied my toys out and just peed in the bucket, and I guess I went back to sleep. But like the bathroom was literally right there. Like it made no sense. Man, I think the logic that we had as children just made zero sense. I think we did it for amusement. I think we're like onto something like with pee when you're a kid. It's like confusing. (laughs) 
It is. <laughs> it's like what is this, dude? You've unlocked something that we've I've been questioning. Nah, we have together, brother. Bathrooms. <laughs> As children is the most weird thing ever. There's so many different ways to do it. Do you straddle it? Do you sit forward? Do you wipe from front to back or back to front? Do you wipe? Do you wash? The wiping, what do you thing, do? The wiping thing I never learned until I was like good good and well into my 20s. I'm going to tell you right now yes. what you do. What? <laughs> front to back, right? I'm going to tell you right now what you do. I'm a back to front guy. When you pee, you sit down when you pee. Yeah, hell yeah. I, I don't. And when you stand up to shit? No. Oh. <laughs> Just to let it run down your what, I thought that's where this was going. Greg's having a drink because he knows it's about to be a moment real quick, right? Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> all right, we're going to have a moment, all right? So all right. when you're in your home. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> I've been there. Yes. Should I confirm? Yes. We've been you go there. to pee. <laughs> yes, yes. You have a seat because it's your toilet seat. It's your thighs. You sit on that seat. You tuck it in. Hmm? You know, hopefully you don't have like a boner. Well, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. I'm sorry. What's happening here? I pee very differently than you you guys apparently. Okay, okay. We'll adjust the boner. Normal, just normal life. You sit down, you pee. It's like the proper angle. Everything empties out. (laughs) Chrissy's like. Yeah, Chris, I'm is trying, Chris is trying to learn how to pee. He's Look, never, I'm gonna tell you how to pee. Never explained it to I'm him. I'm gonna tell you. Your storytelling's <laughs> incredibly impeccable. I'm gonna Chris tell you, like, you, it's really simple. It's your bathroom. It's your yes. home. You yes. sit down. You come inside. You got to pee. Sit down. You tuck the joint in the joint. You can even put like, <laughs> you can even put like a paper, to- little toilet paper, just so you protect your, you know. <laughs> we okay. might have different streams if you have to put paper down to protect. Protect no, what? you are right, because you're she's gonna touch the, like the toilet the seat. toilet seat. Oh, 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 I see. Even in your own home, oh. I'm just saying, like, if you really want to be about it, yeah, right? no, my dick's not that big. When your thing <laughs> touches the, the, the front of the bowl, yeah, it's no, but my, very... balls, bad, my balls bad. do touch the water, bad, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah, so you put a toilet paper, protect it, okay, that can work in public too if you really want to do that, but that's a sub- separate subject. In your home, you sit down, you pee, you're a man, you sit down, you pee. It's a proper angle. Everything empties out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can even take a little toilet, one sheet of toilet paper and just pat, yeah, do the dab. Yeah, it. I, I do that. I do instead that. of get rid of the residual. Apparently, yeah. Right. Three shakes is plenty. I take a Q tip, which and just is not move. right because when you shake when you're standing up and you put it back in your pants and then always you dribble. You get dribble. Yeah. Always yes. dribble. <laughs> yes. Right. All right. So you you want to keep your shit clean. You sit down. It, it empties out properly. Then then. You get up, you're on your way. If you want to do a little dab, you get up on your way. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poop. Oh, oh chapter two. <laughs> That's how you pee. What is this, an audio book? The way you're telling the story is like an audio book. Chapter two. Poop. All right. <laughs> chapter three. Diarrhea. Epilogue. Butt pee. All right. We're going to get into it. Poop. <laughs> Most of y'all be going to poop. What you do? You poop, then you use the toilet paper, right? Yeah. Toilet paper. You gotta Every have time. the toilet paper. There's no toilet paper in there. Oh, there's gotta be toilet paper. Where's the toilet paper? Squeeze harder. COVID. Finish all the toilet paper, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand COVID. <laughs> Look, you get a fucking tissue with toilet paper, whatever. You don't need that much. You get the the first, just the main shit off. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Get that shit off. That's fine. You don't want to touch that. That's fine. Understandable. Yep, 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 yep. And then you get a little fucking plant potter. Plant water. 
It's yeah. Tabo. He's describing a Tabo. Tabo. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. He's describing a Tabo. Is that comes Filipino? In, comes it is. Definitely. We call it a Tamlut. My dad, tamlut? My dad would just tamlut. have a, like an old Gatorade bottle in, in Indonesia. They Gatorade just called it an old water bottle. It doesn't bottle. matter. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fucking use your Yeti fucking canteen. It's literally everybody <laughs> but America who does this shit. So, yeah. Clean your ass. Clean your ass, bro. Take a poo. Yep. Clean your ass. Clean it. I don't know about you. If I don't do that, it's weird. It feels bad. It I doesn't almost feel good. I almost just want to poop pre-shower. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, that's almost one of the, like, if I, unless I'm forced to poop in, like, a place, I'll poop pre-shower if I can. I know people that shower and then they're like, fuck, I gotta poop. And then they're doing backwards. And then shower again. That's that's putting milk and then cereal in. That's that's backwards. So you don't even gotta do that. You just clean your ass with, like, fucking... Soap. With soap, water, and a plant water, but, or a Gatorade bottle. Thank but you. you take the, f- the main shit off with the toilet paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. The chunks. This is exa- this is you're so Filipino. We're you're an honorary hey, Filipino we're, we're right now, go, man. You're also honorary right, Indonesian. But when you're at fucking Baralista and you got to use the bathroom, hey, when you knife hand, buddy, knife hand. <laughs> I had an uncle who was in the army in Vietnam. This knife hand is what solves all problems, baby. You can karate chop a motherfucker. You can wipe a motherfucker. You can save a motherfucker. <laughs> knife hand, baby. Knife hand. What do you do with knife hand when you're peeing though? What Wet do you mean? paper towel, right? Oh, I don't have that problem. I, I, I like pooping. I do the I do the cucumber chop with it, right? That's how I get it. <laughs> I don't understand what the cucumber. You know how you cucumber mean? chop? You go down well, the man. you go down the cucumber like a literal cucumber is what you're talking about. I am about so confused. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe this. We're not. I mean, this is so your album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, that's uh, that's the fact. You're an honorary Filipino. I'm gonna say that real quick because everything you said was just a breakdown of like Filipino culture. And it's like it's... how Afghans get down too. I'm Afghan, you know. So yeah. we learn to like clean our ass, or sit down when we pee. It's just like you know, it's just more you know appropriate Natural. for like you know the next person needs to use the bathroom just yes. so he's clean. You know, same thing when you poop. Like, well, the poop is a little different because it has more to do with like actually cleaning yourself oh, yeah you know not whereas the peeing thing like, has like emptying your bladder keeping the toilet seat clean that's the benefits with the pooping thing it's like clean your ass is just better because you just does you know what i'm saying like when you just use toilet paper it's not actually clean y'all mm-hmm. know that everybody knows that nobody wants to say anything yeah. but all you gotta do is just clean it <laughs> that's the first thing greg said in like 10 minutes like <laughs> yeah i don't know right. if my ass is clean when i wipe it <laughs> you I just, just wait I wait just wait take it you just sit down. It's just like, oh, it's itchy. I guess I didn't get everything. I've been told the harder you push, the less you have to wipe. Mm, I mean, uh, well. Was... <laughs> All right. Let's talk about something else. It's a yeah. fact. No, 100%. I'm so sorry that I derailed the podcast for a solid 20 for minutes. having to go pee. Just because I had to pee. I did not realize it would take us into this deep, dark, black hole. Um, <laughs> Greg had that great story, you know, when he was just, <laughs> he was just peeing in a cup. He was like. It fit. Yeah, I got up to this line. He's like, oh. Yeah. So I thought it was like I couldn't get the toilet seat dirty. That's why I did it. I was like, maybe they just want us to keep it clean in here. You're a gentleman. I think you're just a gentleman. (laughs) It is a both genders bathroom. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to make it obvious. I'm definitely like, oh. Sometimes after I sit to pee, I'll pick the seat up just so they know a man was in there. No, I hate that. And that's the most... Oh, you're such a... That's the douchiest thing you could do. That's the douchiest thing you could do. Um, 
Baddies, thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Wild Heart Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need some fossils, gems, and sage, we have a website for you. That's right. My friend Kyle, she's promised to bring us the best self-collected, self-selected, and treasured gems to you, uh, all at very reasonable prices on her website, wildheartstones.com. Uh, Kyle and her father have been digging up these rocks all her life. Her dad was a geology professor back in the day, and they used to go to rock shows. They pretty much know everything that rock. <laughs> nice. Um, you guys could save 15% on all of your purchases. Just use promo code ICBTB at checkout. And a link to the website will be down in the description. Or you can find it on our website at ICBTB.com. Thank you guys so much. Wildheartstones.com. Yeah, check Thank them out. Thank you, Kyle. Enjoy the show. Well, let's bring it back. Um, <laughs> so... What's in terms of live performance, like with this new thing coming out, are you guys gonna like try to tour with it? Are you guys gonna try to like a mini tour of some sort? We're or asking because like... if we if you need an opening act, we'd be happy to do it. <laughs> touring is something we just recently mentioned, but it had like something to do with something else. Mm-hmm. But touring is something we we ought to do. I mean, I guess yes. it depends. I mean, we you know we're both working people. We we're not full time musicians. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to find the time to make that happen. Um, but, you be, guys, but you guys have traveled and performed in other places. You guys were in Brooklyn in, a couple years ago. Yeah, and we've played in New York. We yeah. have plans to play in D.C. this year, too, which mm-hmm. yeah. um, didn't really, you know, travel is a little tricky right now with COVID and yeah. uh, uh, generating the energy for somebody to go to an event, you know, is tricky right now. It's more than just booking the venue. I think people want to get out and do things, but sure. things are constantly changing, so it's hard to commit. Uh, or you commit and then the next week you feel a bit of uncertainty about it um but uh you will see about a tour i'm not sure i i would like to see like us doing like a more organic tour like performing at not necessarily people's homes like i remember the you know the sort of the concept aesthetic of like touring locally but at people's house shows and stuff mm-hmm kind of that would be around cool. the area i think that would be really nice to do like sort of intimate type things are more interesting to me for sure uh i would say to greg probably too but you know at the same time like you know doing i guess what you would consider more proper venues would also be interesting yeah I think maybe a mixture yeah. of both yeah both would be great I, we haven't really thought about it but a tour would be awesome if one for the check and one for the soul <laughs> I don't know what that means, but as long as people, if people are, you know, interested in like how having us, you know, um, man, I know a lot of the venues and stuff in the area have been having bands again. And I think before COVID, like we wanted to play those places, but just didn't have the connections or the sort of, yeah, the connections really to, to make it happen. So we'd be happy to play really anywhere at this point. It's um, it's an interesting type of, especially more locally. Sorry, especially more no, locally in, um, in 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 the areas that we we can find some of our people in the yeah. sense of like just people who are interested in hearing live music nowadays and mm-hmm. uh, hearing what artists are working on. Yeah. Um. So ideally, like basically, could... he's saying not Martinez. <laughs> yeah. Like some doper places, maybe. So like Benicia Vallejo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get out East Bay, like Oakland. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean San Francisco. The so. talent you guys have, it's almost like I feel bad being like listening here and knowing that it's your guys' music should be all over the fucking country. Nah, don't feel bad. I mean, look, like ultimately we are okay with who's listening and what we're where we're at. We have this. I I have this idea of like people. 
who are like me, you know, or like Greg, who are like just as excited. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, like we didn't necessarily expect your response to the album, mm -hmm. like as we played it just earlier. It was, it was quite positive. It was like, okay, yeah, for sure. yeah. it's almost like y'all could have just listened to it like how you sort of like know us, you know? Yeah. But the way you responded to it, it being anything at all was kind of quite worth it. So um, it's almost like, it's not like necessarily where we are, like Martinez or Oakland. It's just like where those people necessarily are. I don't know totally. where they are, but yeah. we just want to like, play the shit and people are like oh like motherfuckers is working on stuff yep yeah that's good and is it ought to be heard you know and uh so but the assumption is that though that they, oakland they ain't in martinez they that's ain't what in we're martinez fucking suck my asshole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly yo like fuck it people in martinez like these people we've been like playing around like at barelista so we Oh, shout out to Arash. Like, yeah, Berlis is cool. The show's cool. When we go, it's fun. Yeah. Like, it's a fucking Berlis is dope. All right, yeah. shout out Berlis yeah. real quick. Berlis to Martinez, California. Mm -hmm. Excellent coffee, excellent drinks. Arash is the owner there. Excellent staff. We love Berlis. Yeah. All them fucking whack ass people who are like surrounded by him. Who I don't give a fuck. I don't really even know Arash like that. I just know him like kind of more recently. But he's been kind to us. He's been letting us do our thing. Mm hmm. And from what we hear and from what we've experienced, like all the bars and like the establishments for the most part around us, like some of them are cool. Like um, a firehouse has been really cool to us mm -hmm. too. Nice. Like shout out to Sal. But mm -hmm. like, um, you know, some of the other bars, like they've been like hella whack and hella rude and like very unwelcoming to us for yeah. whatever reason. Like we're great musicians. We don't have to fucking prove nothing to nobody. You know, yeah. like we do our thing. We come out there. We respect volume. We respect everybody's. We got our aesthetic. We do our thing. Mm -hmm. But we've been, like, hated on, kind of. Yeah. So, for whatever reason, I think it's just because we play, like, solid, you know? Yeah. We play solid. We play loud. We're consistent. It is what it is. Um, You're hated on because they don't understand. But the yeah, thing, So, here's the funny thing, understand. though. Because like, some of the other establishments, they'd be playing, like, top 40, but, like, hip-hop, R&B. And sure. we'll be doing covers of shit and be playing, like... Better than that. Better than that, but also in the same area. Like, if you knew about... The songs that we're playing, mm -hmm. or no, excuse me, if you're playing the songs that you're playing, you, you know would, what we're doing. You know what we're playing, and like fuck. we're playing it well too. So fuck it, yeah, I'm gonna say like fuck, fuck that too, because like, well, not fuck what you said, but like fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck, what fuck you all this shit, because like ultimately <laughs> oh God, it's done. just about like live music. It's all good. Like if everybody's respecting volume, it should be good, and everyone mm -hmm. should enjoy themselves. But I honestly think it's because we come. We pull up in a fucking Tesla Model, L, Model X. <laughs> we pull up like we we, we we care about what we wear when we perform. We care about aesthetic. We care about, you know, the the, the experience of when people perform. We don't go there and just play some bullshit, just cover songs True. and try to get paid. Yeah. True. You know, our shit is like art shit, you know? Yeah. Well, and Benicia, Martinez, Vallejo, Crockett, all of these cities were biker cities. Mm -hmm. These cities had yeah. nothing before the refineries got exactly. here. Exactly. And if the refineries hadn't started putting money into those towns, they wouldn't have kicked the fucking bikers out and brought in all the immigrants to give us good school districts for 10 years. Like, that's really what it comes down to. Places like Martinez still Yo, have those people. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to um, um, Faded Gold Vintage, Rachel yeah. at Faded Gold Vintage, <laughs> and Arash at Barrelista. The thing about Martinez is like it's changing. You know, it has been whatever it has been. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm new here, and I get that. I come in there with whatever I'm fucking wearing, whatever I'm playing, and it's all good. Like I'm not trying to cause any conflict or anything, but we have good intentions. So mm -hmm. we just want to play music. It's good. It's obviously good. We don't need anyone to fucking of course 
you know, tell us that it's good. But we we just do what we do. Um, and just shout out to the people who like who want to just or who are like us and want to just bring some some culture honestly to a yeah. place that yeah. ought to fucking have some, you know, because it's just like whatever culture they had is like it's different and they're trying to change it. No, it's it's just different. I'm not trying to defend them or or or, or you know, exile yeah, you're you guys. Right. But different. I'm saying is like it's just it's just different. And yeah. they're at a time where every city in the Bay Area and every city in California is trying to like progress and become modern and they're not able to do it. Every time people in our generation who come around with what's happening and what's changing, they resist it because it's not what they want. Yeah. So every city is against every single time we try to change things and make things modern and make it real. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of that. All right, but like to be fair, like we're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? We're just playing music. Yeah. No, but you're part of it. Not to like, not to defend them too much, but you're part of a new thing that they yeah. don't want it. The good old homeboys who used to like raise cattle in Benicia and ride motorcycles in Martinez, like they don't want that shit because they don't know. Yeah. But in 10 years, they're going to be gone fucking anyway. So no, let's just right. keep it going, dude. Yeah. Fuck that. This is it's an art centric area. It's like the lady that fucking came up to me while we it were. There was playing. a lady while Greg was performing. <laughs> while well, um, he was performing? Yeah. It's normal. Like people come up to you sometimes yeah. and talk to you. But he was performing, and she came up to him. It was like, uh, like mm. asking to like request a song, which is fine, right? It's fine, like if that's if, what you do. Hold on, hold on. Like in the grand scheme of things, it's fine. It's almost like a standard of being a performer. Sure, if that's you know. like you got to learn how to know. You got to know how. Just like a comedian's got to deal with heckler. Like almost, you got to know that that's just part of the gig. Sure. So you have to play that was level once. one. She was just asking him, blah blah blah, and Greg is like playing while I'm playing. <laughs> While he's playing, it's fine, right? Um, and like, shout out to Firehouse, but like, some of their waiters be asking us what we want to eat while we're playing. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true, but we'd be in the middle. We'd be in the middle of the set, and they come to me like, "What do you want for your dinner?" Like, like what? <laughs> like anyway, so he, she was asking. Last time. <laughs> yeah, she was asking Greg, like, "Can you play whatever song?" And like, Greg's trying to play the part and shit. You know, our shit's sometimes kind of intricate, so yeah, he's no, got to focus. Time. It yeah. was and no, it was. Uh, we were playing Ocean Mountain, which is the one where it's the you got to hear the yeah. loop. Right. So I got to be mm-hmm. listening to the fucking amp the whole time. And yeah, this lady comes up, and well, I heard a couple of things. Like one, I heard money, and then I heard requests but like i was so stuck on the 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 fact she said money and i was looking at her tip jar (laughs) and i was like wait she's asking for money is this like a homeless person (laughs) and like let me rewind too because it started with someone like right on my shoulder and i and it's covid bro yeah (laughs) straight up and i thought it was uh (laughs) i thought it was davy i thought it was davy towers right our neighbor he was like around the area with his dog and i was like what the fuck is davy doing like hella close to me and like i'm like I turn over. Hold I was on, like, hold on. I can't let that slide. Hold on. <laughs> Davy's like this young white yeah. guy who's our neighbor. <laughs> and she was like some old ass white yeah. trash lady. <laughs> he he just Davey somehow Apple. thought it was Davy. <laughs> so, right, yeah, anyway, so yeah. mind you, like, I'm like, damn, it's, it's probably Davy because I was like, he was like kind of around me. And I start turning and I was like, that is not Davy. And so that's when I start hearing the, you know, money request, blah, 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 whatever money. And then while I'm playing, I'm like, you need to get the fuck away from me. And then I was like, you need to get the fuck away from me. Like, hello. <laughs> no, nah, hold on. All right, all right, hold on. <laughs> so she's requesting a song and shit. And I'm playing the song too. And I'm singing the song too. I'm just like, oh, something's going on, right? And then, yeah, Greg says what well, he says. <laughs> He's like, get the fuck away from me now. <laughs> or some shit like that. You know, I was like, whatever. I let him like, you know, I felt like he can handle it. So I was like, whatever, you know. But anyway, long story short, like, basically... 
she felt hella disrespected and went like grabbed her husband. Her husband came. He was all like, "Well, no, 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 no," because it was after, right? That was afterwards. Because when the song ended, mm-hmm. I got up on the mic and I was like, "To whoever that was, I'm sorry, but what the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, "I'm sorry." Because I was like, you need to get the fuck away from me. And then I was yeah, like, but what the fuck? And these, then they came like... These are like the customers of the other establishments too. Yeah. Just be like hella drunk people who are like, they're just not used to the kind of, I feel like, I mean, I could be wrong, but like, I feel like they're not used to like whatever the fuck it is we're bringing, mm-hmm. which is just normal. Like we just set up and play. I don't understand why it's this controversial thing, but it feels like it. Mm-hmm. And we get this sort of, I'm my reading a bit, but we've we've definitely heard from like our people that you know people are just like hating or whatever and so she was just like one of these people who just kind of instigated the already sort of tense experience of playing there and just trying to express ourselves as musicians and play our record i mean we have our people who like like coming and seeing us um but anyways the most important part of the story (laughs) is that greg punched a woman (laughs) is like this lady was like really upset her husband came you know we had to like have a couple of our our homies come in and just be like, yo, like, it's all good. To, I was about to fucking push Like, it's all good, it like, chill out, you know. And it just turned into, like, this big thing. And, like, the lady was, like, hella pissed. And she was just, like, she just, like, drove by with her husband, like, when they finally left. And she was just like, fuck you guys, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then, like, I was just like, damn, yo, like, damn, like, what the fuck is going on, right? And Greg was, like, behind me, he was like, suck my asshole <laughs> he was like suck my asshole bitch and like that's was, punk rock as shit dude i fucking dude, love it i fucking yeah, love and it like you know that's honestly like the only way i can really explain it it's like when we play in martinez or when we play anywhere like we really know like that what we do musically is beautiful we have our doubts as musicians we always want to be like greater and like create great music but like what we know, what we know is like what we do is fucking dope. Of course. And so when we yeah. get like this weird response to it, it's confusing to us. And when it's like aggressive, I take it as racism, to be honest, personally, because as a brown person, I'm just like, for sure. What else could be the problem? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we're playing good music. We respect volume. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been actually cur- courteous in yep. our aesthetic. It's, it's in the our sense music. We're not doing we're anything. Not, like, yeah, we're not biting off anything. Yeah, I, I don't see. We're just playing music, you know, in this new town. But that being said, I, I know my dad was a musician when he was growing up. And there were some towns in the south where they were behind a cage because people were throwing bottles and shit just because that's what they did every single fucking night. People just got rowdy and really? ruined oh. shit. Like oh, in yeah. Roadhouse. Like in Roadhouse. Nice, okay. There's there's a lot of bars who, like, the they resp- the bar respects the musician, but the people don't. But how else are you going to get the fucking people in? And it's like, mm. I don't think Martinez is one of those places. Yo, I don't think... One, I, I'm going to keep it real. Like, like I think, like, one of the things is, like, for me personally, and Greg, too, definitely, I can speak for you on this. It's like, hip-hop is such a big part of, like, our love for music. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Like, we listen to so much hip-hop music. I love Gwen Stefani. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. <laughs> so, like, you know, the Martinez people, for the most part, they don't get hip-hop. Yeah. No. And when you listen to our record, it's not a hip-hop record. Nope. But if you know hip-hop, you know our record is influenced by it. Yeah. For sure. I would say. For sure. It's hard for me to say for sure, but I... I no, would bet on know. it because... If you know hip-hop, you, you I would bet on it because, because we love hip-hop so much. We, we, make, we made a rock R&B album, but... I was just trying to simplify like everything we're talking about so we can move on to be honest but like 
ultimately it's the people of Martinez or the people of anywhere in anywhere that like we were talking about moguls last moguls last time like mm-hmm. it's not about moguls really it's just about like understanding the what's happening sonically what's happening musically thank you yeah i can get that yeah what's happening musically is very simple yeah you know what i'm saying it's just a guitar and drums your music is so palatable there's no reason for people not to like it like even if you don't understand guitar and drums like you should be able to like the music that you guys put out because it's legitimately talented it's legitimately good and Thank it's you, actually I'll artistic say, i'll say like earlier i wanted to also say this about like um just paying my respects to right the white stripes mm-hmm. and just make just a just a particular emphasis on that because with praise i always feel a little bit of discomfort uncertainty in particular when it comes to like what we're able to do and what we do because there's like what we do and then it's dope. I really like what I hear back on the recording. But then I have my insecurities with what I was able to create after that. But then ultimately when it is considered dope by, for example, you guys today, like you you considered it dope. Um, I have to say like it's not me. <laughs> I have to. You what, know what I'm saying? What's, what's not you? The influence and the – I just have to – I have to just show recognition for those mm, artists I see what you're saying. who fucking gotcha. influenced and inspired the aesthetic of what we do. Mm. And but the, but but you're the one who brings it together. You're the one who we brings did it what to we us. did. Yeah, yeah, we did what we did. That's you're, fine. You're the one who brought it to people who like I think us who who can enjoy it. No matter how original music can be, as a creator, as an artist, we've Sorry, developed our own uh, our own artistry. Because we looked up to those that that did this thing we've always wanted mm-hmm. to do forever. And like we take it and we make it our own, right? We took blue, we took green, and we made yellow, right? You know? It doesn't we took necess- blue and yellow and made green. Exactly. What the fuck did I say? You said you took blue and green and made yellow. Uh, yes, exactly that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you guys definitely made it your your own. And like... It's uh, well, like I'd like to get compared to the white stripes, but I wouldn't like to get compared to the black keys, for example, because, like, <clears throat> Greg's like, oh shit, what was he gonna say? But like, <laughs> you know, like for example, I like I really respect. I have to, I have to pay homage to like the white stripes. I have to. Like, it'd be hella whack if I didn't, to be honest, because like, so much of my personal. All right, but like the white but, stripes. But hold so- on. Hold on. <laughs> The white stripes, all oh, the white stripes, though, but like they're hella white. Okay. Yeah. Seven and, Nation like, Army is a pretty. <laughs> I will say though, like, hold on. Seven Nation Army is a whole nother topic though, because <laughs> Seven Nation Army is like, it's the only song that like they're chanting in soccer stadiums, like an anthem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all due respect to British it's like soccer, God, though, but thumbs, then it's like, yeah. all right, but Seven Nation Army, you know what I'm saying, is dope. But white stripes in terms of the aesthetic of like drum. Earlier you said to talk about equality, like of, in terms of the sound. Yes. White stripes mm-hmm. for sure. Like Meg White, like black tap, black tap, mm-hmm. black, and then just gang, 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 and just having that kick snare, kick snare. Like I just gotta pay respects to that. But um. But you're paying respects well, by creating the music like that, and you're introducing it to people like me. Yeah. Introducing it to people like. I was exactly. going to say Christian, but he's far more advanced in music than I am. Anybody else, musically, Jimi Hendrix, or yes. Kravitz, whatever, like, it's sort of on this, sort of on this, like, um, 
equal square equal excuse me equal scale sure um white stripes just deserves a particular type of respect i wanted to show real quick i'm not really sure what the what the reason was for it but i i, I felt like i needed to say that but um well you're just paying homage to those that influenced uh this album yeah, yeah. other than you two i think we do something like that's a little sorry christian i think we sorry. do something that's a little bit better which is like we got more soul i think <laughs> you know to say you like got, you guys have your own flavor of it's it. a little soulful yeah, yeah you guys you are bringing the essence of it but doing it your own way i mean that's exactly how me and christian started doing our podcast not to you know mm. make it about us but you have to learn from the people that you want to be to create what you want i mean and you're not I don't think you're diminishing it or taking away focus from them if you're introducing people to the opportunity to hear the things that you hear. I mean, I listen to this album. I hear five or six different things that mean so much to me in my past. For example, when one of the songs I said reminds me of Lenny Kravitz and, and you said to me like, oh, well, I was going for like a Red Hot Chili Peppers thing. I'm like, yeah, it's both of those things. It's all of those things. It's ch- it's it's not the journey. It's the vacation. You know what I mean? It's like once we get there, we can enjoy the song. But I, I, I mean... Music is such an incredibly it's a it's such a universal key for so many people, and right. I think I think what you guys have is such a specific key, yet it fits in every lock. So many different types of locks. People are it's just it's unlocking parts of my brain that I haven't experienced or felt. It's giving me emotions and things that I I haven't thought about. I think it's because it we have music. I think it's because we have sorry. It's just like we have the rock element, but then there's like a certain pop melodicness to the songs that. And an overall, for me, it's an art, an artistic view of music that I, that you don't get on the radio. You don't mm-hmm. get an artistic point of view on the radio. You don't get an artistic point of view if you're somebody like me who listens to just Johnny Cash and early '90s rap. You don't get that kind of artistic choice that you have Which in your music. What I'm thinking is that this is so. You guys created this product that is incredibly palatable and is so listenable with Easter eggs. For those that are wizards and not muggles. Mm. They're Easter eggs. That's why Marvel movies are so fucking dope. Because you could be an ignoramus child. That just like Spider-Man, Iron Man. And it's beautiful. Stuff and it's so put together beautifully. And it's, and it's still such a good movie. Because if you read the comics. If you are into the lore. If you are into the superheroes. And then that's, an analogy, there, yeah. that's an analogy. That's an analogy so for true. people that know mu- music, right? To a deeper level. You're going to notice the things in the back. You're going to yeah. notice. So there's a track on there. I don't remember the name of it because uh, we listened to it all at once. Yeah, how'd it go though? It was like, what was Beautiful. It? It, was the one, it was the one where uh, Greg's drumming and he hits. Uh, is it the snare like weight? It's weight, yeah. Is it like weight? It's fucked e? up, huh? Like one E? Or Woo! I don't know. It's so. You can't it's bob your head to it naturally. Yeah. yeah. You know, hey, can we talk about up. that beat real quick? Yeah, how dope Let's talk it is. about that beat. So, all right, so yeah. that beat, that beat is um, that beat's fucked up from That's our song called is. "Wait." It's fucked up, yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, yes, please. Thanks, man. So, like the the thing about this beat is, it's actually like um, I don't want to say Afghan beat because I don't I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah, but no, it's all good. You tell me what you think, what the beat is on. I One and two and three and four. Right? 
Is it on the E? It's the E. Yeah, boy. So and for you mm. listeners out there that don't know what the fuck I mean by saying E, e when e, you e, uh, e. subdivide counts. So like uh, if a song is in four, four, one, two, three, four, let's subdivide into eighth notes. One and two, two and three and four. So let's subdivide it? further. One, one E and a two E and a three E and a four E. e. And that's what e. we mean by the E. Those are eighth notes, aren't they? Uh, those are sixteenth notes. God damn it! One e and the two e and the three and the well, it's like one e, one e, one e and the two e and the three e and the four e. Okay, so this beat though, all right, because when we wrote this shit, this beat is based on like an Afghan beat. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, can I say, I'm in the fucking pocket right now. I'm so my my endorphins are just. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, but I can let's see your do penis this. from here. I'm in the fucking. Let's do this real quick. And Hold I'm on. Filipino. All right, let's do this real quick. So, because that's the thing, we never really talked about this. This beat is like, tell me, it's one E and the two E and the three E and the four E and the. Huh? <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we hear a lot of drama. Okay. All right, but then listen to this beat, though, for example. Solid comedic timing, horrible musician timing, horrible partner timing, but great comedic timing, great comedic timing, incredible. Hey, guys. One of us is only comedian here, and that was good comedic. No comedy. man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. One. Two. One. Two. 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 Three. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Da 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 All right, but how about this? Ready? How about that? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's the beat. It sounds like a like a tap dancing rhythm. That's like an Afghan, like almost like a honestly it's not just what I'm about to say it is. But it's like an Afghan wedding dance mm-hmm. pattern. Mm. It'd be like what the tabla would be doing. It's the same thing. It's almost the same, right? Or it's not the same. Nah, mine's doper, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, anyways, like that shit is inspired by that. You know, that's yeah. like the, there. It happens a few times in the record. There's another mm-hmm. place where you do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what song. It's like it is the on. second verse. Oh no, there's another song. song. Yeah, 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 it's um. Uh, so it's on wait. Fully known. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, it's probably hard for anyone to understand what just happened. No, that was fucking awesome. I got it. Can I try to relate it to how, as best as I know? Yeah. It reminds me of the Mexican hat dance. It's just that idea of like, it's, it's, it's the offbeat that makes everybody happy. It's it's the unconventionalism of the regular beat that we all have in our heart that just makes us feel 
excited. And this is somebody who doesn't understand music at all. And I've only watched that Netflix Explained thing on music. That's my basic <laughs> of music theory. <laughs> you fucking know it, dude. So you got a PhD. Go, duh, duh, duh. They're sad. And when they go, duh, 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 they're yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. musical theory, isn't it? That's... Yo, you just did the whisper song. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> but the thing dude music i was just i was a little nervous for today because like since we had done two episodes prior and we like talked so much about music i was like what else can we talk about music about and there's still so much oh yeah it's because What's so cool about like the rhythm of your guys' shit is that there is, like we said before, it's palatable. The normal person can listen to it. But for people that know music, there is still that level of unpredictability, yeah. right? Yeah. There's still a game. The th- I think that's what like jazz musicians like or like just musicians in general is just like, how can I figure this out? Yeah, for sure. Having gone to like school and doing drumline with you, something that we would do just for fun is try to like figure out licks or I'd watch you and Alan try to figure out like snare licks yeah. and like what it meant or like how... Uh, because all rhythm is, it's numbers. Yeah. And trying to figure out the numbers of it and like the puzzle pieces of it. Like us figuring out like where's the E. Well, this is That's gonna be the thumbnail, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Never does that hurt your face? Does that hurt your face? Your shit's gonna get stuck when you do that. If it gets stuck like that. What a great ring. Yeah, well, so while well, he's thinking of that, what I was gonna say it's hard to focus. <laughs> Listeners, if you guys are listening in the car, you just hop on YouTube. I would have like zoomed in on Zule's face right now. Go to this timestamp. Um, but yeah. <laughs> only only available on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> you never never gonna see that face again. Greg, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, like, we were talking about how it's like the album is so palatable, right? Like yeah, man. anybody can listen to it and I think it's um <laughs> I think it's like we hit, we hit different ends of the like the musical spectrum, right? We talk about yeah. like rock and R and B and yes. like good vocals and good drumming, um, but like to what everybody else was talking about earlier. <laughs> oh what's my what's God. happening? Hang on, what's it's happening, happening here? Dude. Catch this mic. <laughs> what? Yeah, basically the drums on this album are the best part. Everything else is shit. <laughs> Hey, fuck you, bro. <laughs> All about the drums is what I was trying to say. It's not true. <laughs> right before you guys release the track, Equal. Greg's going to sneak into the master files and just mute all of oh, your oh. tracks. <laughs> Yo, this is a crazy drum solo. This three-minute drum solo? We call it Notice how he's on the E's and not the ones? <laughs> you got some questions? Yeah, is Ringo Starr your favorite drummer? <laughs> no. No? Uh, what about um, Wild and Out? Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Drumline is good, oh, but stop. that's it. End of topic. Stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, yeah, we could just say end of topic. Yeah. Drumline, very influential movie. And, and then rewatching it on Tom knowing how to play the drums, it's like, this. why did this get me into it? Let's just pause for a moment. Let me give. Do I have time to give a little story here? Keep going. Keep going. We're good. We're good. We're not going to this. Drumline, super influential movie in like my musicianship. For everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, like, 
Um, just to give some context, before I moved back to the Bay, born and raised Oakland, California, moved around the Bay Area, moved up to Washington State for a little bit, and this is where Oops. I was like kind of continuing my um, my musical journey. I was in like the band in middle nice. school and all of that, and so Drumline, big influence on me, right? We didn't have Drumline at the middle school that I went to, but fast forward, I ended up moving back to the Bay and ended up going to Benicia where they have a Drumline. And a killer drumline. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, a fucking man. killer drumline. And yep. so, like, keep in mind, my whole notion of drumline was this fucking movie with Nick Cannon. This was everything that I knew to be drumline. And I walk mm-hmm. into this school and like meet all these people, and I become a part of the Benicia High School drumline, which is like, if you talk about the movie drumline and then like the way things were ran back then. Like these were two, this was like night and day differences and like how serious Benicia was at well, just like teaching us. I mean, you yeah. can, you even know because you went to the middle school, bro. Like, I, I I just remember in the past, our Benicia High School was at the Rose Parade. Our Benicia High School performed and won multiple awards all over the place. They yeah. made more money than the football team for a solid four years straight. Yeah. And that's not something most high schools can call for. I mean, yeah, we, our, our band was legit. Our arts back, department, yeah. it was legit. Back in the day, like, I mean, oh... Oh five, I mean, even like two thousands till like uh, twenty ten. Yeah, oh four to ten eleven. Straight up. Yeah, that, 10, uh, 11. like ten eleven is when it started like kind mm-hmm, of fizzling mm-hmm. out a little bit. Let's but say eleven. We graduated 11. eleven. Yeah, twelve yo, is what fucked it up. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, anybody in twelve, but like eleven. Yo, eleven. We just to give some context, like a little bragging rights. We were like undefeated in most of our shit with the yeah. band. So. And you guys weren't in no like. D three school nah, of bands. You guys we were, were in the band. We were playing school. like people college. went to the Blue Devils. People went to yeah. like you guys had performers and stuff. Perform with the uh, with the with the Warriors, the Forty yep. ers You guys yep. have had people like. Well, we were getting taught by those people too. That's the thing, man. Like we were getting yeah. taught by the Blue Devils. Got to go to people. Disneyland and shit. Like yeah, we went to Hawaii. Yeah. We went to Florida. There was like a whole bunch of shit. But I guess my point is, is the, everything that I knew about Drumline was the movie Drumline with Nick Cannon, and then I was introduced to this like Real whole Drumline. other world that. It just like makes that movie look like shit, but I think just the appreciation that I have for what it gave me and like even the influence, man. Like you know, we've talked about that. Um, just the influence that it had carries on for sure. As as like silly of a movie as it for is, sure. like fucking influential as fuck. <laughs> Kids aren't watching movies that are actual like inspirational movies. We're watching movies that are kind of silly, and then we're like, I think I want to be a cop now, and then yeah, just like, yeah, 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 and that guy grows up to be like the head of the FBI. So I, I totally get it, man. I mean, watching that Drumline movie is one of the same reasons why I wanted a drum, and watching Ringo in the Beatles' Help movie is one of the reasons why I wanted to wear rings and, and play the drums. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's very funny how like such simple things become so big in our yeah. lives, yeah, and yeah. then we grow up and realize that they weren't quite right yeah. yet we're not gonna not like those things because they're still the things that got us into it you know yeah, it's still one of those sure. things i mean you, you ever watch the nick when he uh, auditions for that drum line you ever watch that scene i watched every scene bro that scene is like he's playing he's scene. doing like a warm-up and they have dubbed it over to like some of the most <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> on set they're just like and like he's egotistical eight in a row and then yeah. eight in just a like, row nick, nick you're just uh you're getting it Eight. off, man. <laughs> like, uh, he's just like, fuck you, man. I'm the fucking biggest dick up in this fucking And then the producer thing. just like whispers in the director. He's like, hey, we can dub this later. <laughs> Nobody's gonna know. I will, like, s- I will say like, spoiler alert, end of the movie, Morris Brown should have won. Just oh. saying. Just saying. They were playing harder stuff. They, they were, were playing flavor, flavorful music. And AT&T was just doing all the flashy shit. But Morris Brown... 
Yeah. Yeah, they came correct, man. They was playing some shit. I'm a Verizon man myself, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> I say, if there's like, if you want to instill any uh, work ethic within you, real drumline is where it's at. Oh, yeah. Like, it's beautiful no, that it was harder drumline, than my football. It was harder than my football experience. Exactly. And you did middle school drumline. Imagine yeah. high school drumline and marching band. That's the reason why so, I quit. With, <laughs> with, That's the reason I quit. <laughs> in, I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to do it because the reason I did like drumline was because uh, your friends were in it. Well, yeah, that and I was told that by Alan. So in freshman year, producer Alan. Yes, by producer Alan. Executive Alan producer Alan Boo. Yes, Alan Boo? I was told that. Hey, dude, if you join a winter guard drumline, you'll lose weight <laughs> because there's wow. a lot of moving around. Wow, there was there Good was a lot Alan. of moving around. Is, I gained weight, dude. I got bigger. It's because all the competitions only have fair food. They're all like nachos and fucking yeah. candy yeah. and soda and shit. All the food went down to my calves and my stomach. So now I'm just like huge calves <laughs> and your chin and like and my second chin. And <laughs> I'm working on that right now myself. <laughs> I'll edit it in post. Zoom in, you zoom bitch. in. Uh, <laughs> you bitch. But it de- definitely like marching band instills uh, some work ethic and discipline in, in you, and that's what I'm grateful. Discipline with and some so, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it comes also with like how serious you take it. It it's taken, yeah. But yeah. also like just thinking of Benicia in that time, like that was. Thinking of it now, I don't know if some of the shit that happened would fly nowadays. I mean, maybe it would. It was more petty than anything, but yeah. I think we all took it seriously at the end of the day, and yeah, we, we respected like the vision and what the artistic. Yeah, view. yeah, what we were going for. Like, I just one of the things I I think I've told you about this how we would like ride in silence to yeah. oh fuck to our competitions. Yeah, so like one of the I don't know if you knew about this, Alex. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things we had to have to do is ride in silence to our competitions. So if we were, you know. 5 30 a.m call time Fuck on the man. bus by six driving however long like we would have to ride in silence the whole time for the ride to just to like get in the feeling focus. to get in the moment yeah it was all about like just focus on the moment like that seems a bit uh, for me you know we only dr- rode the bus in silence when we lost football games we weren't allowed to listen <laughs> to music or talk or any of that shit because we lost and the team that i was on lost all but two games so we spent a lot of bus rides in silence that's for sure um Mm. so uh it's that was so cool the fact that on top of all of that even though the band itself kind of like instilled like hey be serious like have this level of discipline before we go into competition something i'm grateful for is that i had a group of friends like uh, i also understood it you and alan right that uh we you we kept each other in check like, yeah. if I was mm-hmm. fucking around, mm-hmm. they for sure said, like, they wouldn't laugh at my jokes. The least funny I've ever been was, like, on the way to a band competition because jokes don't fly. <laughs> I saw you do a stand-up set once, and I think that might be the least. And I oh, saw you do a stand-up set, too. Stop it, stop it, no. And I think no. I got more laughs than him. I bomb every time I've been up on by myself. I, I can't do anything do without Christian. Are we supposed to do some improv shit? Well, oh. I, I thought Sule didn't want to do some improv. Oh, he's, he just said no. He did. No. He gave me the finger like this. Uh, I, I, I just want to say something about what you're saying about how, you know, you have this level of. <laughs> I'm going to rip my ear off trying to signal y'all. You, you, you have this level of understanding and professionalism. It's like one of my biggest came... embarrassments is doing improv with y'all on this fucking show. Why? That was a. That was... Was Fuck it. We're going to do it again later on now that you. <laughs> it's not. We'll do it live. Look, Fuck look, it. I just, I just want to say this one thing. Look, the, the way that we treated arts in our high school, particularly, was not 
how I think traditional high schools do, whether it was band or the drama department that I was in or the dance department that Jules was in. It doesn't matter. We all took that on such a high level of seriousness. When we all perform shows, that's the reason why we won. I mean, my drama department won Artie Awards and the dance department won Dance Awards and you guys won all of your top gold medal awards on all of those things, whether it was Winter Guard or Marching. There's a reason why we took it so seriously. It's because we understood what we were doing had some sort of gravitas to it. And it's just the, it's just this idea of we believe in what we're doing. We believe in the art that we're providing. And whether it's silly musicals or a drumline or twirling a baton, it's <laughs> it's going to be good in the moment. It's going to be good when you win. It's just one of those things where like people who don't understand are never going to understand. So we're not doing it for them. Yeah. We're doing it for the people who get it, for yeah. the artistic people who understand things. Yeah. I think what's really important, what I think a lot of people lack after high school is that you end up not finding a group or like where you're supposed to fit in. Um, in high school, a lot of us like we're part of stuff in like band and in the arts and like you have the sense of camaraderie, you have your homies and like all these people and like one similar goal as a group to look forward to, to complete and uh, uh, execute in a, in a uh, you know, almost perfectly. When you get into like community college, if that, or when you just like go into your late twenties, you become, you, it's up to you. Everything's your decision. You don't have to join a group. And so no one's holding you accountable. And so like, that's what I think this podcast has done for me. The fact that we have like an expectation every single Tuesday and Thursday, and we got to get it through. We got to put out some quality. We got to make some people laugh that they're having a shitty day. And to bring it back to you guys, like I'm sure making music with another person you guys hold each other accountable you guys live with each other you guys have probably become brothers to this extent you guys will say hey hey get your shit together if your shit's not together or have you guys like run into like moments yeah, like that like recently we had a just a jam after an i jamming for a while and it's like what are we doing here like you got some drum beats you got what are we doing you know yeah so it's like we're gonna we're gonna keep this thing going what are we going to do? We're going to write music. We're going to write new music. We're going to keep, you know, we're going to make new records. If we want to do any of that stuff, we got to get together and play. You know, we got to practice. We got to like work on our own individual chops. You know, for Greg, that's different. For Greg, that's like fucking sticking around. For yeah. me, it's like every time I feel it in my heart to play or something. And then it's like finding a new combinations. songs come yeah. out. Yeah. You know, we have, we have our processes and, um, but what was your question? Like, I don't understand what your question was. No, like. I think what Christian was trying to say is like, you know, one of the things that me and Christian find is sometimes between the two of us, we have such staunch ideas and such good ideas in our own brain of how we want things to go. And then we bring them to the other person and sometimes it doesn't quite connect. Oh yeah. Mm. We have that. Like Greg and I, we don't, we haven't really talked. Like, I fucking hate that song, bro. That song's whack. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say or like, was there was that for that, for the longest time there was that one beat where you'd be like, yeah, man, like. Uh huh. Which one was it? I don't know, but it was one that you made. Like, there was you know, one that, yeah, it was like the, was you like know, yeah. There's it. certain things that he's just not feeling, and like, like nah. it's hard to accept sometimes. Nah. But we just keep it moving, you know. Like I'm at a point now where I'm open to anything. You do know? you guys talk about it and say, "Hey, look, I know I didn't like it. I know you think there's something yeah. here. How do we get? How do we find the middle ground?" Yeah, if it's important enough for me, I'll have to have that combo yeah. with him because it's like, come on, bro. Like I'm, a, you know, I'm, you know, the way I am about it. Sometimes it's hard to be confident because. 
don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. You don't want to make somebody do something they don't want to do. But you're passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. like if yeah. I hear something, like a lot of the shit that you guys heard on the album is stuff that I really had to yeah. like push to do, Greg. I feel like, like yeah, just play that beat on this song. I promise. <laughs> well, some of the <laughs> best know? episodes we've ever had are episodes that Christian loves, and I I don't. Mm. And there's I'm you know we we I mean I really I find appreciate that, that you guys are trying to like making like common kind of gra- common ground like trying to make an analogy but i really don't feel like saying thing. we'll cut that part out we'll cut that out so nobody hears that shit i really don't i mean like i know i'm just like certain things i feel like no nah, i'm just playing with you i'm sure there's a lot of similarities i just wanted to i mean we talked about like in the past episodes we've already talked about the similarities at all yeah there are similarities you know we're both two people i think it starts with that and and trying to create something and getting through each other's egos and just like understanding what the vision is in the first place like what are we even trying to do Dude. is this just to make records is just like we're jamming as musicians we're trying to like build each other's chops are we trying to like exactly. be friends are we just trying to like what were you gonna say about yeah. egos christian i think there's with, with e- egos is such a complicated thing because it's so hard for like hmm. anyone how humble or narcissistic on that spectrum you may be it's hmm. so hard for like any of us to like set that aside to see clearly we're so fucking mm. drunk with our own egos sometimes mm. that we don't even know. I don't what think our me own and Greg are as like when I was gonna say like yeah a lot of people are but like our music when we come together we almost like forced to have to not be that way. Yeah, it's just too awkward. Like mm-hmm. if I'm trying to be like trying to bring any of that into the situation, I'm either met with like resistance that I have to learn is resistance from Greg that I later have to turn into like a sense of gratitude like that he was like really willing to go through it or whatever to get to where we were with all get to where we end up getting which ultimately is dope because we're both dope people like same with him like he'll make a suggestion it's like resistance and then it turns into something great um but yeah it's hard to bring the ego into it for a few reasons one because greg is more of a jazz musician i think by nature just yeah. because of his upbringing and the way training. he was he was trained as a musician yeah the way he learned as musicians as a musician so like jazz musicians have a certain sort of persona and identity that they carry and i'm not saying that i'm not saying that's all greg is that's definitely not true but that part of him is some that humbles me personally in the process of like bringing you know our you know creative work together because Bringing the I, art together yeah because i'm a more of a blues musician and i have to learn like oh there's a certain history and, well, and respect that, for what's been done melodically and stuff and i gotta bring my a game for lack of better terms like sure. i really gotta just come i feel like a little pressure to come with something to greg at the same time if we're you know being kind of open about our feelings as we typically do on this podcast it's like i also feel like some of the things that i bring to the table may not be particularly dope at first listen to greg as mm-hmm. a jazz musician mm. but sort of maybe mm-hmm. creep in yeah because of their simplicity and maybe lack of that certain aesthetic that he typically looks for well i found mm. what, what was really interesting about what christian just said is and i missed the, i missed the other Musical side of it narcissist too. and what was the other side of it just uh humility so between the, between the two of us i think i'm an embodiment of narcissism and christian is the embodiment of I don't even know yeah. the word. Humility. Humility. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I That's do know the word. I'm just saying, you know, and between the two of us, we disagree and we have some some fierce arguments about things. And then at the end of the day, we'll end up seeing the other person's side well past an argument or a disagreement. And yeah. between the two of us, we're able to create this level of creation and art that we're both satisfied by. 
whether I didn't think it was going to satisfy me in, in the way that I thought it was. And yet it does because I'm trusting Christian's artistic point of view or, and I would like to think that there's sometimes when Christian just lets me do my artistic point of view and, and he's satisfied by it in his own way. It's just one of those things where we have to serve each other as best as we can yet serving ourselves. Uh, and, and then come comedy is such a fucking trivial thing. It's like, Dude, this everything that all four of us in here are doing is subjective. It ain't math. There, I mean, I mean, everything is numbers. Obviously, there's a science to everything. Yeah. But like, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to make a living off of, it's all subjective. It's understanding. I, I when I hear the word subjective, I don't mean to interrupt you, but when I hear the word subjective, that makes me think of uh, like isolationism. It's subjective. I think of it as this subject and this subject only. What we're able to do, and what we're able to prove in this room alone, is that you can take four people from four different rooms, and then we all have a complete understanding in where the artistic vision goes like in this room alone i don't mean to get too hoity-toity with it but like i'm feeling such a high vibe of like creationism <laughs> of like of yeah. of of just we making gotta, what it is all right so like i'll say like we got to deal with like the fact that we're humans and we got to live our own lives and deal with our own emotions and personally mm-hmm. like i happen to live with greg but ultimately like the, the time i spend that we sit down okay we're gonna play some music or whatever is mm-hmm. time that we got to sort of deal with like Greg's like whatever with work yeah. and whatever's mm-hmm. going with his yeah. life and same for me. Mm-hmm. And that moment we meet together, it's like we have to mm-hmm. put of, that away. So yeah, set this aside and just like, yeah. oh, we love music, right? You remember? Okay, let's do something about it. Mm-hmm. And then we do like when we jammed the other day, last you know? Night, yeah, yeah like it's, it's awkward. It's sort of this weird thing that, we, you know, it's like last time we were on the podcast, I mean, we might have talked about rehearsals as not awkward as like we just know how do we do. Yeah. It's, this is where we're at right now with just what's going on in the world and what's going on with like our personal lives and how we have to like keep it going. We have to sort of remind ourselves why, what we'd like to do. And uh, like after finishing an album also, there's a certain feeling of like completion, celebration, but also like remorse and like mourning sort of a departure and release of this thing, Mm -hmm. moving on to the next thing. There's a lot of emotions around it. Ultimately my point is is that like we for example me and greg like we're friends you know so we just we live together and so like you know honestly like the music and anything else ultimately is secondary to like our well-being and just making sure that we're happy you know like we have maybe a hard day we get together and we have to rehearse that's different than like a day where we like we're both feeling good and have to rehearse Mm -hmm. that was last night yeah, either one is going to make something. We're going to just continue creating because we've committed to this concept yeah. and this idea that we're musicians and we want to create music together yeah. and that we can do it really well together. Um, after this album, for example, we're going to do another record and then yeah. you may do another one after that. And um, Next one's going to be dope. You better. You guys yeah, better make more Yeah, next one's going to be live. We're going to do live. Please, 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 please. We're going to do a live album and then we're going to do, after that, we're going to do a, um, next album's about to be dope. The, the album is like sort of after the live album is going to be, um, I think a big transition in terms of our sound and style. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's dope that you guys are already thinking ahead. We think ahead. For Let's sure. just say we, yeah, we already got some ideas in the, wow. in the works. Wow. I mean, because like this has been your current Ocean Mountain has been in the works for quite a while. I guess I'm actually not surprised if that's been in the works for quite a while that the next project would already be in the back of your minds or like now at the front of your minds. Right. Because, yeah, it's sort of like a trendy thing right now. I feel like for the bigger hip hop artists, for example, to sort of like promote or imply that they're leaving the rap game or leaving the art, you know, the the new game of songwriting yeah and i would say like for me for example like in my 
personal art sort of journey and story and aesthetic having a sort of idea of concept or like a last album is not like as i don't know unique to me as something yeah. just like you just create concepts names you you create projects you move on you evolution. know evolution evolution mm -hmm. of certain thing like really sticks for example then it ought to be kept and not changed mm -hmm. with duo like from the beginning it was something before greg honestly like something with greg wasn't even in my life you know mm -hmm. and it's come to this point now and it will continue to grow and it's going to be like um you know like it's going to be this new thing like where for example like our name actually simplifies even more like we're going to go to just duo for like not this next album but the one after that and um that album is going to introduce like more electronic and sampling and some of our more Damn. like sort of deeper it's about to get loves and influences Crazy. musically so that we can like express ourselves fully and not on this like particular type of you guys Style. only have the idea or do you guys actually have any like songs that Whoa. are like a little... I would say like if, <laughs> if I can answer for Greg, I would say like Greg has it in him but doesn't necessarily like have it planned out. Mm -hmm. But it's just there, it's definitely... let's just say there's a cup there's like a handful of beats and stuff and loops that I know we can expand on. Yeah. Yeah, like that, we both make beat yeah. We both make beats and love sampling and we haven't really incorporated that style of music into our, our current projects. Can but I, it, can I share about yeah. like what happened with go. me when you were on your trip? Yeah, go. So like we've been we we play Barrelista or we have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh there was this weekend where Suleiman was out of town. He went to Texas. Nice. Shout out Cliff. And um so it was Shout out Cliff, I love you, bro. <laughs> it was either skip the show on Saturday or I play solo. Yeah. So I played solo. Ooh. And so what happened was, you know, it was like, there was all this preparation. Well, there wasn't even a lot of preparation. It was a lot of just like me back and forth about if I was going to fucking do it or not. Yeah. And yeah, right. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of anxiety around it. So like the last, I think there was like two days until the show and I had two days off and I was like, all right, I'm just going to fucking put whatever I can together to play, um, a show by myself. Like, for sure just drums yeah That's so a i remember i was texting you about that yeah. yeah so like i went through all the beats that i have like everything and i was like okay what can i what can i pull from and i literally ended up taking out like just most of the drums that i made on a bunch of beats but i also ended up making another like 10 to 15 just loops so Greg's um, got like really excellent sample selection. Like yeah. he's got an excellent ear for samples. Yeah. Which is an art in itself and a talent in itself. But he's also a percussionist. Mm -hmm. So like typically somebody's got like good like me, I got a good ear for samples for sure. Like I'll find some really good samples. But Greg knows how to lay drums on it. You know, like mm -hmm. I can lay whatever drums they'll be aesthetic, they'll be nice. But he's actually a drummer. There's a certain thing that he's able to do in here. I will say that like as a musician that I I have to say, I have to admit that he's able to turn it into something else. And we we both, sorry, I would say we both have a love for making beats and producing, I would say, hip-hop influence type music. The yeah. idea is like something that someone would rap on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But with, come at it from different angles. Yeah. Yeah, but with hip-hop music, like it being pop music now and hip-hop music being so melodic, so mm -hmm. much more melodic and not just about like whatever the rap sort of mon yeah. Yeah, monotone rap. It's like beautiful. There's so much singing and stuff like Kanye West. Yeah. You know, it goes without saying. But um, anyway, I'm a, I'm gonna let you finish for sure. But like, definitely go ahead. But like, 
That's, I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. Funny that but you just Beyonce said had <laughs> one of the best albums. Do you guys want to talk about Donda for a little bit? Shit. Do you have time? Might as well. Because <laughs> we gonna be here for a while. If we're here, can we just touch? Can we touch on it? We a little certainly bit? can. I guess I'll just wrap up with that fucking solo show went mm. absolutely incredible, and it was something that oh, I just yeah. I've just thought about for so That's long. So dope. That just, so how how did it go? Can you tell us how the experience went? It went awesome, man. Like I was so nervous. Yo, I pulled up to that show and I was about to leave. Mm-hmm. I was about to like text my girl and Ty and everybody and be like, yo, like I'm not it feeling well. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking do yeah. it. Because it yeah. was even weird because I didn't talk to Audash either. So I just showed up unannounced yeah. and I was like, hey, did you know I was going to be here? And he was like, no, but if you want to play. And that's, <laughs> yo, shout out same. fucking Audash. Yeah, hell yeah. I fucking yeah. love that dude because he yeah. literally did not know I was going to show up. And yo, I was able shout to, out Audash one more time. That's Martinez. the man, man. This episode brought to you by Audash. I, I need Martinez. you to clip, clip this part out so we can just send him a 30 second <laughs> link. But uh, yeah, shout out Audash because he just let me fucking set up and play. This and I was so nervous. Party, to, I know, dude. I was so nervous to do it. And I bit the bullet and... Man, it was so dope. Ty even rapped. Oh. Ty rapped on one of my fucking beats. Like, That's great. I would just, it turned in, you know, I would like play a loop. Or Ty's I'd... hella shy. Like, he's yeah. Been a while. Ty's yes. so shy. To rap in public. Even I was going to say, in, pu- in public, Ty might be one of the most shyest people I've ever met, for sure. So, like, needless to say, it went fucking incredible. And I think it's just like the big, it's like the tip of the iceberg of yeah. what's to come. Some so, new shit is yeah, coming. man. It, it was really like. Are you about Uncovering. to announce a solo act, Greg? <laughs> no. no, 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 I'm sorry. What y'all hearing that. right now solo is like, <laughs> y'all are hearing like the hieroglyphics, you know what I'm saying, of like Duo ESP. Like yeah. it's just the hieroglyphics, like the oh, sort of I basic. Like that. I yeah, for it. real, I mean, I really I mean it. that. Like it's like the basic structure of. What makes of, you, you? What makes me, me, and then like Greg is like kind of along for the ride because realistically i really don't think talk feel about christian he's along for the ride nah (laughs) (laughs) along for the ride in the sense of like musically the influences are so strong for me that i'm almost like i feel like convincing you more than i am like that you know what i'm saying i don't know like in in terms of like if i if i for example this analogy i'm using as as this being like sort of hieroglyphics like it's the Mm -hmm. core it's like it's not Greg's core necessarily. I feel like rock, classic rock, and sort of the R and B, simple blues aesthetic isn't necessarily Greg's core, mm. right? Would you say that's agreeable? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but that's like what's also dope about what we're doing is like he's just like, let's do this shit, you know? Yeah. And then like, but I'm also simultaneously learning, sort of what Greg's core is, you know? Yeah. Like, and it happens to be like, you know, um, compatible, like yeah. because it's particularly drum oriented, which is yeah. like what I was telling you earlier sure. is like someone I really love. It's it's second to my guitar playing. It's, Isn't it beautiful? Percussion. Like what makes us us? Like I was asked mm. recently, like Christian, when you listen to a song, what do you listen to first? And what do you listen to? I was listening uh, vocals for sure. Yeah. I was raised as a vocalist. My father sings, and so like before lyrics, before uh, instrumentation, I'm listening to the vocals. Yeah. What's the to- what's the tonality? That's not us, right? Negative. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, not that's different either. than you guys. And then so like, and then like, I listen to like, okay, this person has solid vocals, and obviously that I know probably at the same time as melody, and then everything comes after. I know Greg and I are similar, especially when it comes to like Donda, for example, because there's just certain like melodic, really, <laughs> you know, little things that happen in the. And he will repeat them or sing them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that shit is, like, ex- extremely intoxicating to me as well. But it's not necessarily, like, percussion or vocals. It's 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 all different things. It's sort of, you know, same with our own record. Like, yeah. Sort is, of the, 
Is Donda beats. better than Certified Lover Boy? Is Fuck that... yeah. Oh, okay. Just seeing what the room was in. Sure. Okay. Right, we go just, check, just checking the room. There's just like, it was 1,000 <laughs> percent. <laughs> I'm going to say shout out to, my, to my brother, Cameron. He said like two things that made sense to me. <laughs> One thing he said was like, there's not, he's like every song, or maybe I said this, I don't remember, but he's like every mm. song on Donda, like, stands against like every individual song on Donna stands against the whole album. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. one song can is be better than the entire any album. Al- yeah, meets any fucking Donda's really uh, good. You know what I'm trying to say. Yo, Donda's Drake really Drake good. is is an incredible artist. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> but I downloaded Donda the minute it came out and listened to its entirety. I've yet to listen to Certified Lover. Not Boy. even not even about the numbers either, no. bro. When we talk just straight musicianship and a fucking album, it's fucked up because he'd be like, he fucking set himself up to be this competition shit. It's oh, producer versus artist. Boy. It's producer versus artist, and some people like really produced things. Yeah, but Kanye and- be saying. Don't call me a producer rapper. You know what I'm saying? Because that's like True. a term. Or whatever. That's exactly what True. I'm saying. He's, he's not. He's, he's not. exactly not. But Donda. Beautiful. That, that thing took a dump all over CLB. <laughs> Yo, all right, but I would the other say. Thing, hey, hold on, hold on. But the other thing my, my boy Cameron said, my brother Cameron said, he, was like, he said, CLB sound like it came out in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> that's when Drake was hot, bro. That's when Drake was killing it. Whoa, what a big that's when Drake swept the Grammys. That's when Drake was killing right, hold it. Hold on, hold on. But one more thing. I love Dark Lane demo tapes. I bumped that shit on repeat. That's yeah. a good. That's yeah. a good For project. Yeah. It's a good project. Yo, there's good Drake projects, but, but honestly, Drake's not bad. CLB is just not better than Donda. Timing was terrible. Yeah, exactly. Just, that's lost. all it is. Just you could have chose a different <laughs> month. Producer, <laughs> producer's yo, gotten so his ears. Yo, there's this. There's this Bay Area rap page. It's called Thizzler. I think yeah, that's yeah, what it's yeah. called. Yo, this I dude goes. I'm not gonna rap. say who. I'm not gonna say who. But someone <laughs> lost. <laughs> Someone hey. is a loser. Hey, I'm gonna put it like this: <laughs> Is it maybe the one who claimed to rep the bay for us, and we didn't ask him to? Someone is a loser. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna not gonna it. say who, but someone lost. Yeah, but he's got a ring that says Toronto on True. it. True, good for him. No, like when I see the pictures <laughs> of Drake, when I see the pictures of him, like just in his regular, just like I'm Drake. I'm just like I can see. <laughs> His loss in his eyes, you know, for what I'm sure. saying? like for sure, there's a he, certain like you know quintessential sellout. No, it's almost like relatable. Like I almost feel him. Like it's yeah. like, damn, he's just like a regular guy like us. Who I feel like that man needs to go sit in a wheelchair and go back to Degrassi Whoa. times. Like I just, I'm sorry, he, when Degrassi 2.0 comes out, he's no, for but sure making a comeback. Is so good. I just blame his PR team. Yeah, yes. his PR team. Like they should have scoped out. Like they should have known that like Donda was like. Uh, at, at its precipice of dropping, but I don't really get like. Sorry, I don't really get what Kanye's whole thing is. But so sometimes I'm listening to Donna. And I'm like, is this whole album about Drake? Like, why is he so mad mm-hmm. at Drake? Well, and supposedly the rumor on the street is that Universal put Donda out on that day. Yeah, before yeah, Kanye West wanted it. What does that have yeah. to do with Drake? So maybe Universal knew that Drake's album was coming out. Oh, so they want to drop it. So they didn't want to wait until his no, album like, came still, out. Second. Ultimately, like when you when you play Drake's album, the first track, which we did. I didn't listen to it. I will be honest. It gets better as it goes. Donda hits from the first second. Nah, but like when he did that. Donda, 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 Donda. I was going to say, like any track on Donda. 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 The first day that I watched Donda, that night Halsey had a live performance that I had to watch with my girl. And I just commented on all the live stream. Donda, 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 Donda. I haven't listened to Certified Lover Boy yet. The only song I've listened to, Drake's not even on. It was the Yeba interlude. Oh. And I was like, oh, that shit's dope. Yo, I will say, 
I will say <laughs> too, song. Drake, this is the one thing I will give Drake credit for. The features that he had and the musicians that he put on yeah. are... Uh, like, he can get them. Di- well, no, it's different too, bro, because like, what's it, the knife? There's something about... What's it called? Knife something. The end of that song, there's mm. an outro with a piano solo, and that's Kiefer. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, but like Kanye also puts on like fucking Philip Cornish like and all these people. people and shit. You know no, you're right, but I'm just saying like the love that Drake is giving to like the underground scene, like some of these full like That Ky- is cool. That Kyfer's is really cool. Under bro, but we, not a lot of people know about that. When you listen to a Kanye album, like you're just like other rappers are rapping on the song yeah. and you're just like, This isn't even Kanye. <laughs> it's it's, one, yes, thing to, it's <laughs> one thing to feature Paul McCartney. It's another thing to feature an underground, you know, piano yeah. player that nobody's ever heard of. I just wish on Donda, like at least I'm slapping it on Spotify. I don't know where you guys are slapping it, but like Apple when I slap music. it on Spotify, I it doesn't show who's featured on. No, and you, like, go, to, I'm you little, go to the um, liner credits, man. Yeah, yeah. Credit Damn, section. I just because you know usually you the norm is that you see that it's on the track, and so well, I'd be Kanye, like, man, oh shit, Connie's not like he he doesn't open this song and like he doesn't come until the end, like but it's fucking dope that he. I is love featuring Kanye West. I don't fucking Ka- give is, a fuck. What the fuck you gotta say, bro? Kanye's greatest, greatest fucking artist. Yeah, I'm so ashamed that he broke Kim Kardashian's heart. I just wish he would have been a better husband. Well, aren't they together? No, no, no. Listen, I'm gonna purify the room real quick with, like, I'm gonna let you know right now. Just it's just this simple. Thank you, Kanye West, for everything you've fucking done and <laughs> contributed to our world in this music lifetime. Culture. Damn, fashion, particularly music, and especially when it comes to musical aesthetic, sound, sonic frequencies, and all the fucking features and collaborations and beautiful music yeah. you've created. This is, this can't is take that years. Away from and hold on, and the struggle of just being like a black man and just being like. On the fucking come up and like doing it in a real ass way and like Underdog. yeah sometimes you're misunderstood and like yeah you could like be better about how you like express yourself we could all be verbally yeah. but so can we all and yeah. that also is like somehow a mirror of ourselves yeah and so that's what's like the beauty and genius of your existence 100%. and like thank you motherfucker because like ultimately like you what the work you've done just on a musical level is so unapologetically unarguably fucking this- epically effective and fucking meaningful. That like it just goes without saying that you should be thanked for your work. One thousand. And, mm. and fuck you if you fucking don't fucking like Kanye West because <laughs> Yo, you're a fucking is, muggle bitch. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one artist that has us saying you're such a fucking hoe. I, I love, love it. it. But then have us singing fucking gospel hymns and yes. fucking yes. Yep. all of these like you know the just like thinking of the stuff. So able to cover with, everything. So college dropout or Donda, which is better? Donda. Really? Honestly, like Greg was saying, like I feel like Donda is literally Kanye created a greatest Kanye created a greatest hits of himself, but it's all new fucking hits. It's like now. It's like now Kanye. Mm. Not now twenty twenty one. Now Kanye. This is like Mm You hear all elements of fucking Kanye West in this one project. You I'm so be, mad we're mm. talking about Kanye so aggressively because oh, that's really how you gotta talk about him. It's I really because, didn't want him, you know, because his influence is so strong. Like when you tap in, he'll be on the next episode. Don't worry. When you're mm-hmm. when you're an artist, okay, and you tap in to the aesthetic and pace of another artist who's like as sort of as profound and respected and known as Kanye West. It's just a weird experience as you're creating. Because I really mm. personally feel like a lot of the things that, like, for example, he was doing to prepare himself and sort of portray and express his work that is Donda was similar to, like, what we were trying to do, mm. you know? And it wasn't, like, in the sense of, like, copying or 
it was just very natural. Like just like timing, bro. Everything was dark, for example, yeah. in our aesthetic. Everything was home. Like he did it in the stadium, we did it in our house, you know? Bro, even like he did it in the Atlanta <laughs> yo, Hawks Mercedes Benz Stadium. That's it is not, much more epic. That's not a place even, to like hang even, out and get yo, to know like, yourself. Real quick, even zooming into like the rhythms in yeah. Donda. Bro, you know how we were talking about the E? Yeah. I man. kid you not. There's a bunch of shit in that album where he's they're messing around with that beat. Mm. Yeah. And it's like it's kill it's crazy to me because it's like one of those things where it's like, damn, they did it before me, but literally we did it at the same time. And we think about the albums and how they were created. That happens a lot as an artist and like so sorry, go, so, you no, go. you're right. You're, yeah, and sometimes it's it can be like kind of if your mind is like in a certain place, it can be kind of disheartening. And then sometimes if you're in the right place or whatever, it can be like sort of a sign, you know, that you're on the right path. It's the fucking it, right it, place. It, there's a certain aesthetic and movement that like a great artist like Kanye West can, is tapped into because of his freedom and ability to express He has this freedom. He um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's okay. Um, he has this freedom because like he's really gone through so many phases of criticism and like finding himself especially like the way he came up right being this producer that no one wanted at all and then became this producer into rapper and now this like more so beyond those two words and even being criticized for his outlandish views like how he was on joe rogan but this guy is just like he's so free he's so himself and yes he's like uh, he's different than your normal human being, but that's what allows him to create music Kanye, that is fully different. People, Kanye's, sorry, Kanye's vision and like his aesthetic and what he talks about is typically like something that we were talking about in our last episode that like people who aren't like really musically or artistically sort of in tune don't understand. And it's very clear like if you see like anything that's Kanye posted related and you see the comments or see what people have to say about it, it's similar to how someone might react to something that's like great on a, on an artistic level mm -hmm, sure. and like when sure. you are an artist you hear what he's saying and even even on a deeper level where like you don't even hear it at the first time like the way the masses hear it because you're still part of that you know sort of tribe mm -hmm. but uh if you are an artist and you're sensitive and you're sort of like in tune and, and care about these kinds of things like what of like an artistic visionary or an artistic person might have to say who's on that platform you go back and listen and you're like fuck he's fucking right you know or he's sort of like manifested what might have happened or he's sort of so on the sort of um how do you say like he's sort of like you know he's accomplished he's sort of been right you know for lack of better terms on he's, a lot he's, of those kinds of things he's for sure a couple of steps ahead of all of us and we don't even realize that one of the things that i think about a lot that nobody gives kanye credit for Mm. is one of the first things that Kanye did when Donald Trump was president was go and meet with him and hang out with him and mm. wear MAGA hats and shit like mm. that. And a lot of people hated him for that. Mm. But do you believe, and I'm, I'm asking a question, mm. do you think Kim Kardashian would have had the audience of Donald Trump to get those people pardoned for unjustly crimes if Kanye hadn't sat there with him and worn that hat? I don't think so. I think the fact that Kim's able to go sit there and be an advocate for people who are unjustly charged with crimes and getting a president like Donald Trump to pardon them and not even know what he's mm. doing, he's the reason why he's doing it. He sees the game three, four, five steps ahead of everybody. He's so far into this chess game that we don't even know what he's doing. Yeah, I think at the time that all that happened, like, it was, like, really easy to see what he was doing as, like, confusing and stuff because of, like... Everything that was already going on was already pretty confusing and hard to process. It's still confusing, but looking at it from where we are now. Looking at it from where we are now, like, it's clear that 
he was in a position that we really can't even understand, to be honest. Like in terms, he had of, a like, chance his, we wouldn't. Yeah, like he had a chance mm-hmm. that we wouldn't exactly, and like. Um, it's clear that like if any change could be made, like regardless of the fact that he's like you can judge like oh that he's like with a celebrity or he's a celebrity himself or that he's married to a celebrity and it's mm-hmm. all bullshit about, about politics and he's like get, got Donald Trump in there who's like already kind of confusing For and sure. sort of like in conveys this uh, concept or aspect or like understanding of like well, we're not talking about the concept we're talking politics about things that and how it's like now somehow integrated with Hollywood and like our like celebrity worship and. All that shit is just, like, really fucked up. But ultimately, like, if you were in a person who was, like, in his position who was, like, a celebrity and also, like, able to do that and, like, a particular visionary that, like, I already know, like, off the bat, like, me and Greg can connect to, we can feel what he's, like, fucking trying to say and and, and, and convey. I know I do because it's, it's, it's the same kind of message in terms of, like, art, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. whatever work he's got to do is besides the point, like, in terms of, like, how he actually... Pro- how he goes through it. How yeah. he actually like properly expresses all of that stuff, which is its art art in itself, which I'm confident he will figure out. But like regardless of that, like yeah, like you know what he had to do in that situation, blah blah. Honestly, like I mean to put it simply, like if he didn't wear the hat, I feel like it would have been like less of a big deal because the hat was just such such a representation. Yeah. It's a bad it's a bad hat to show. He hat, did like the Confederate hat. flags during the Jesus tour and like just the concept of like Dif- I do that too. Different like, time when I'm but doing it was right bad, now, it's still bad. Anything anything like you know we all do like aesthetically if we have like some kind of ethnic culture or background is about sort of like showing that we can own that we can mm-hmm. sort of like kind of accept whatever's been put on us mm-hmm. and almost make it dope because ultimately like somebody for example who like me who's brown or like greg who's brown are able to there's a reason why the lgbtq flag changed from just rainbow to rainbow with black white brown and pink on it like they made a point to change it to accept more people things change symbols change just because you're doing something in the effort of what it's supposed to be doesn't mean you're the one who believes in all the things that it is you're there to change it i don't believe that kanye west wore a maga hat because he believed everything that Donald Trump said. Well, Kanye believe- was, was kind of sorry. Kanye was saying like, "Oh, everybody's telling me what I gotta vote for. Yeah, yeah. everyone's telling me I'm supposed to be Democrat because I'm yep. black, and like, obviously, why? So that's like the part that everyone misses. It's like that's it. That's it. That's literally the end of statement. Like, everyone yeah. wants to think. Hold on. Everyone wants to think like, oh, well, then why would you? Vote? No, that's it. That's it. All he's really trying to convey is is like. Don't fucking tell me who I got to vote for just because of how I look or what I am. And like me and Greg, like we don't like Donald Trump, but like we understand that concept and accept that concept because it's it's one thing like Donald Trump. If your wife can now get an audience with him to get people pardoned for unjust crimes. Yes. I would a hundred percent say it. And while you're at it. Yeah. And then while you're at it. Just to be clear. I don't give a shit. The only reason I fuck with Donald Trump is because my mom is married to a man that supports the dude. So let's just be clear for all the people at home listening. That is my only reason for having any inkling of liking this dude because my mother has connections with some man that enjoys that dude's... That's the only... <laughs> and that's the only reason. I'm, I'm a big fan of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. That's the only reason oh, why I like, like Donald Trump. Trump's cameo. I like his small cameo where he, where he doesn't tell a small child where the bathroom is. And it's just like, you know what? Fuck small kids. That's what I'm saying. I would saying. say my favorite <laughs> thing about Donald Trump, if anything... Is You're fired. His hot daughter. No. <laughs> you fucking all right, man. Come on. What you talking about? She's I don't know if you remember, but he was a betray- portrayed in a, a Kanye West video of Famous where he was shown yeah. naked sleeping in bed with Taylor Swift. Yes. Yep. It was in Ray J and Rihanna, Chris Brown, True. and all those people. And then there was like a four That's minute- why you like Donald Trump is because you saw him butt no. naked. <laughs> 
was my point. <laughs> no, I think Greg got it. I think Greg got it. I think Greg got your point. I think the only thing I'll say about Donald Trump that I like is, is that... I don't really like anything about Donald Trump. I think no, nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody. I does. like what. But he sat in a chair that had the most power of anybody in America. So if you want to get something done in America, you got to sit there. You I play don't the really game. like him. I haven't said anything five minutes. I'm gonna any... fucking say that. I don't, I don't like think. Him. I don't have anything positive. Don't to like to him. Say... Like the chair he sat in. I don't have anything positive to say about Donald Trump. Nope. I would just say that I get the idea of feeling like. Something has to be like what you're supposed to think, and then you're like, no, 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 I don't have to think what anyone has to think. I think I have to think. In Kanye's position, the most positive yes. thing that happened for Donald Trump was Kanye West wore his hat. <laughs> <laughs> that is all I'll say. Oh, yeah, for sure the like, most polarizing. That was maybe the most polarizing thing he ever did. Of okay. all the crazy shit, <laughs> that he felt did. like a fever dream. I was just like, oh, fuck. Whoa, Do you remember man. when he did that? And he came out, and he was shaking hands with him in the oh, like gold plated like Yo, uh, the, the elevator. Only other thing, the only other thing, and then we can like wrap this up maybe no i got one more thing that like kanye lives for the fucking like drama the drama yeah. like and he makes it I work gar- yo and i would do the same thing man if people are gonna give me such a hard time about a fucking hat that i wear like i'm gonna make a big deal about wearing that hat so y'all can just trip over that while i continue to do what i was actually there to do like prince yes all right but also all right but also if you think the Make America Great Again hat wasn't dope for like Kanye to wear the shit and it's like red with the white text and he's just like still Kanye and still Kanye aesthetic, but he's just starting to incorporate that like red hat into his hat, uh, red hat into his, his look. If you don't think that's dope, you're a fucking muggle, bitch. <laughs> I, know, you know what I think it is. <laughs> the shit looks dope. You know what you I know, think it is? Oh, Alejandro, I'm sorry. <laughs> but ultimately, look, ultimately it's very simple. It's a red hat with white text. Everyone hated it, but it's fucking Kanye West, and he was like, "I'm gonna fucking wear this shit." He probably like spelt the words different. Anyways, I get it. It means this. <laughs> it means that. Okay. It represents no, this. Look, it's the most punk rock thing ever because it's the anti-establishment of what the establishment is. It's the same. It's well, a, I see what you're saying. It's the uh, pure aesthetic. At least it's the, at its simplest no, form, I don't be a muggle bitch saying. and understand the aesthetic. No, no, it's it's the of being like I'm aware whatever the fuck represents. It's it's association. I'm gonna own dude. This shit. It's very similar to. <laughs> let me connect this real quick. I got sent. Let me connect. Let me. I'm connecting it. God damn. It. This has become uh, a controversial shit. episode. Well, no, it's the whole thing of like how uh, you were talking about, like how Hugo Kanye. Boss, unfortunately, is the designer of Nazi uniforms, and I, like not super right? unfortunate. They chose. They took a lot of money Gestapo. for it. Gestapo. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very. It's yeah, fucking but, unfortunate. Hold on, but unfortunately, history. the United States is 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 guilty of performing incredible acts of fucking. Heinous acts. Heinous acts of murder, fucking theft, fucking robbing people of their livelihoods on so many different levels that it's like, sorry, I don't even know, I don't even remember what you're talking about, but I was just going to say like on a grander level, like fuck all that shit, like the fucking United States and fucking countries, these world powers playing with people's fucking lives, playing with women and children, fucking telling people, you know what I'm saying, deciding what people should do or whatever, making moves, fucking political moves based on, you know, acquisition of resources and, you know, fucking money, you know, is there's some sick shit going down, you know what I'm saying, that is really like, I don't know, so much more beyond. That's the thing that's so frustrating is when I see Kanye talk about, like, make America great again, people be like, oh, but there's people in the cages and stuff at the border. 
But it's like, yes. It's like, yes, but like, shit, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time with this. I'm, I'm really trying to connect this right here. Like, aesthetically, it's fucking dope. If you can see that, then you get the message pretty much, which is like this idea of like, love all, you know, like, find some kind of neutrality and observational perspective on the polarity of what's going on in this world and in our scenario of kind of our particular world or our particular domestic politics and then on a grander scale like what's going on like when you actually zoom out and look at what's going on in the world like there's way worse shit going on um shit i don't even remember where this came from bro but like yeah like there's way sh worse shit going on <laughs> i don't know like I appreciate, like, for example, you know, we're talking about Kanye. Like, I appreciate Kanye a lot. Like, a lot of my appreciation falls on the aesthetic aspect of what he does, which is hard for, I think, a lot of people to see. Mm. Like, it's not really about Donald Trump and how his actions have, for example, like, caused people, you know, caused families to be in, like, cages and all that kind of stuff. That is obviously dark and not something to be, like, celebrated or think that's cool. But the, for example, the concept of like a black man having to be told what he's supposed to vote for, or how he's supposed to think based off of like sort of his identity or his class sure. is a legitimate argument to be made. You know, like it shouldn't be something that's just determined, you know what I'm saying? By like typically I feel like a white perspective, you know, to be fair, like it's what, you know, the anyway. So there's there's that, and then there's just, I don't know where we were at, but there's just like what's going on. I sort of sort of like on a grand scale. Maybe we should talk about the the event. You know what I'm saying? Like what's going on in Afghanistan, for example. Like let's, yeah, let's transition. Yeah, like so, what's what's your perspective? So like of that because that is uh, that's your background. Yeah. So like that. ethnically, I'm an Afghan. Like my my mom and dad are from Afghanistan. They grew up in Afghanistan. They're born and raised there, just like me and you. All of us were born and raised where we are. Yeah. They were born and raised there. And um, so it's been 20 years since the United States went into Afghanistan for um, basically as a response to 9-11, you know, what happened, you know, with the Twin Towers. And, you know, um, the idea is like, I guess, to find Osama bin Laden. Um, there was like. We were told that he was the head of the Taliban yeah, and Al-Qaeda. And so Al we were, that yeah. they were going to be in Iran and he ended up being in. Pakistan, we just chose that as an excuse. Or Iraq, right? They, um, they well, Iraq had WMDs. That's why we invaded Iraq. Because so we were Iraq, told that Saddam like, had nuclear bombs. And then Iran was sheltering Osama bin Laden, and then he wasn't. And we just... Nah, I don't think it was everything. that. It was some similar. Like, it was Pakistan that was housing Osama bin Laden. Which we found out later. Yeah, and Pakistan is an ally to the United States. Mm -hmm. And and um, going into Iraq was based off of, like, weapons of mass destruction, Dick Cheney, and... Um, Sort of like the. Um, That's the secret it, state. Oh, if anybody's looking for it, it seems clear like that the influence of like going into that particular scenario in Iraq, for example, it had to do with like George Bush Senior and like. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just say right now, just before I get too deep into this, is like I'm not really like a political expert. I don't really know much about it. I just have like a pretty basic understanding, but uh, I do, and you're right so but, far. Uh, but I am an Afghan American. I was born. In America, my parents are Afghan. I was literally one decision, one possible chance that they were able to get into this country away from being born there and being an Afghan citizen. Um, 
what hits home about this particular scenario about what's going on in the world is is that like like a lot of Afghan Americans like me, um, we've been basically spending our entire lives and our experience as Americans under the seemingly sort of um, apparent, yeah, seemingly apparent lens of of being a sort of outsider, being a terrorist, or being some kind of sort of yeah. sort of threat or some kind of sort of just strange thing to have to be here you know to be in the united states um because of 9-11 and it's 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 association with afghanistan and the taliban and all that the origins of the taliban and the political um story and history behind the origins of that and of origins of the taliban and the origin of afghanistan now it's it's been constantly conquered uh, attempted to be conquered and by different, you know, you know, countries and um, Genghis Khan, Alexander Great, all that is sort of part of the story of Afghanistan is that it's been constantly, tr- you know, attempted to be conquered and failed. And Afghanistan, or sorry, uh, excuse me, America has become sort of its most recent example mm-hmm. of that. Um, it hits at home for me personally as an Afghan American because I grew up in a uh, uh, suburban uh, neighborhood uh post 9-11 dealing with feeling like this outsider feeling like a sort of like you know terrorist jokes you know not respecting my name Suleiman and making all kinds of funny nicknames about it um you know just you know our neighbors giving us shit about our siding or our lawn or how we sort of assimilated into a suburban single-family home culture as people who grew up in not so you know affluent you know, upbringings and apartments, roaches, et cetera, you know what I'm saying, coming from an immigrant background and having to grow up in that environment. 20 years later, you know, it has this, just this particular effect for me and I know for a lot of my um, my people where it's just like, it's kind of hard to uh, take it lightly, you know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. just it kind of hurts, you know, the way that this, country has been in afghanistan for 20 years in this sort of like mimicking this vietnam type sort of pointless endless war and then this this president we have now who's like not really cognizant you know what i'm saying and not really handling the situation at all well and, and and basically leaving these Afghan people after 20 years stranded and helpless as this regime that is so controversial, the Taliban regime and the Taliban people who, if you look at the history, were really sort of created by the United States and other of these, these other world powers in the country kind of looking for what they're looking for and sort of subsequently created this this thing is now taking over over the country taking over the the people the men women and children who are just like my parents you know who could have easily just been there in this country that has been um in this country that has american soldiers american troops in it for this you know two decades and then suddenly gone and having to deal with the atrocities that come with a Taliban regime like um, 
I mean, there's so many things I could say right now, but like, you know, the regime is that, you know, this Taliban regime we're talking about, it's like, it's no joke, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like you, you, if you help the United States, for example, anyway, like your children, your wife, they're going to get tortured. You know what I'm saying? If they know that you helped, like... It's generational punishment. I think just... what's insane is that mm. a lot of us have been... For those listeners, for people just in general that were born in the States and, like, were to have been as privileged to have been... Like, I feel fucking lucky that I was born in, like, California. Like, a a, a state of the 50 that is, like, very sought uh, after to live in. You know, and so, and I lived under a roof. My parents were immigrants and they moved here like and gave me a safe, loving life. And you forget that there are other people amongst the seven billion that exist in this planet still to this day with all the conflict and all the wars. So like what's going on like in Afghanistan, it's it's. There's constant suffering in the world. Like, yeah. you know, it's Afghanistan, it's Gaza one day, it's Afghanistan, it's Yemen, it's Syria the other day. Like, these people are constantly suffering in this world as we enjoy our Jameson. Or, people know, are blind to it. Our, you know, it's 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 sort of the juxtaposition, the sort of irony, of the duality of our existence is that, like, as we strive and try to figure out what we can do with our, like, our privileges and affluence or whatever. And then, like, yeah. I go to Marin County for work and I see all this affluence. It's, like, another level of affluence. is like, oh, man, comfortable. it's so bougie there. Yeah, and then there is, like, what we see in Afghanistan, what's going on is, like, people, you know, like, jumping off of planes that are flying off, you know, because they're trying to get out of the country and they're dying. Yeah. You know, or, like, people's, like, you know, wives and, you know, kids are being tortured in front of them, to, you know. So there's, like, really bad shit going on all around the world, particularly in Afghanistan, like particularly with like what's happened with this war. I just want to, you know, I don't know. It's, I just, you know, while we're here, like I just want to take a moment to say like what's going on in Afghanistan, in the country and as people, Afghan uh, folks who are, um, you know, coming, trying to come to America and other countries to claim political asylum. What's going on is like seriously tragic and this is an ongoing crisis. It's definitely tied to our uh, event that we're trying to have, uh, that we intend to have on uh, um, and later this month um, as a charity event to try to help however we can. Yeah. For me personally, like, I just, I don't know what I can do. And when you are in this, when you come to the understanding of what's going on, like, in a country like that you're from, basically, you know, um, it's hard to process in this world you know as an adult like what can i do what what kind of difference can i make the best thing that i could come up with is like the thing that i'm best at is like playing music and singing and performing for people and with sure. my with my with my guy you know and we're gonna do that and that's what our event's about to like segue or into our event um you know what's going on in the world in afghanistan is is happening in a lot of different places mm -hmm. it's happening um in a lot of places, you know, like in the Middle East and, and, and all around the world, Africa, and even in this country, like the kind of poverty and the kind of injustice and fucked up shit that's going on. People are struggling on in all, in all types of ways. Um, but this obviously hits home. This is like where my people are from. Um, I want to do something, you know, and um, so, yeah, maybe I could talk a little bit about our, our event that we're going to have. Please, please. Um so we just came up with an album. We we've been writing an album 
um, for for years now, really, to, to be frank. I mean, the music that we have compiled together has been a compilation of like really from the from the beginning of Greg and I getting together and just sort of sort of slowly putting together projects. Um, recording things that have been written in the past that sort of um, just needed to be completed, and then uh, the the newer things that we're, you're gonna hear on this album. Um, so you know, our album is called Ocean Mountain. It was um, it's our first full length LP. Um, it's gonna be available on September 18th, and on September 18th we're gonna have an event in Oakland, California, uh, which is going to be a, a charity event. Um, for the ongoing crisis in Afghanistan and um, sort of our gift or our tribute our offering Even is better. is to perform our our album which we worked very hard on and we think is a sort of authentically artistic creation that ought to be shared and, and experienced by those who are interested in that kind of thing is 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 what we we can we can offer it's our offering is is our is our album uh, to listen to it and then to also perform it live. So we're going to be performing our album live and playing our album live. Um, it's going to be at a um, yoga studio in Oakland at Left Coast Power Yoga on MacArthur Boulevard. <laughs> uh, so everything is going to be available on uh, duoexp.com. Du- mm-hmm. D- excuse me, duoexp.com. Uh, we'll have tickets for sale on there for the event. Um You'll it's going to one of us here. One of one of us will be there. Yeah, it's going to be limited yeah. capacity. Uh, we want to keep the COVID, you know, protocols and and make sure everyone's vaccinated or or proves that they don't have COVID before they come in. Yeah. And uh, really, the 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 uh, you know, sort of the the point of this event is it's 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 sort of a two part thing. It's to play our music and and perform our music and um, inspire folks too sort of understand like what kind of really fucked up shit is going on in the world and how um, someone like me who is an American, you know, who's grown up here, who's, um, you know, experienced a lot of what many people have experienced in terms of growing up in this country as somebody who I guess isn't white, you know what I mean, for lack of better terms and just sort of has to experience what it's like to deal with the programming and understanding that people in this country generally have about folks who look like me or look like Greg and what it might be like. And then like more specifically how it has to do with like, you know, this very specific war that this country has been in with Afghanistan for 20 years. And for me being somebody who like my father and my mother and my family's from there, how it really just sort of, I don't know, is, is something that, at minimum has to be thought about and considered and um, sort of analyzed um, and how as an artist, which I am and how, and as Greg is, um, how we turn, you know, this understanding of how fucked up shit is and how fucked up shit has been and how fucked up shit is going right now how we can convert, you know, what we're able to do and what, like, God and what, like, the universe has, has given us in terms of, like, our skills, not just music, but our ability to, like, communicate with people and whatever it is that we're good at. Like, this is just our kind of showing of that, you know, our expression of that. 
Um, so, you know, it is an opportunity to listen to our album and perform, but ultimately it is like a moment of like mindfulness of, you know, we really like in this world trying to live a good life for ourselves and, and really like the best thing we can do is like take care of ourselves, be good to ourselves and do what's right for ourselves. And that helps our neighbors and that helps our community. Like when we, we focus on how we'd be better people, you know, um, on a grander scale, like these world powers that are like dealing with politics and dealing with people's lives. It's, it's just so fucked up that it's hard to even really like do anything about it. You know, like they literally, like they dropped the biggest bomb, like I think in history for like a long time in Afghanistan, they call it mother of all bombs or something like when Trump was in office, they just dropped that shit in like the fucking country land somewhere almost like to test it basically. But like people died, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, um, I think like just the timing of what happened and what's going on right now in, in, in my parents' country, like where I'm from and like our, our, you know, our creation it's just it has to have had to have been done this way. Like, you know, we need to do this for like a better cause. You know, I think people are like uncertain about being out in COVID right now or like going out to do anything in general. And I think like uh, I hope that people are inspired to come like out for a good cause, you know, at least, you know, sure. like we're going to make sure that the event is like safe. Everybody's vaccinated and everything. But um, yeah, I know people will like the album, but I also want to make sure that people understand like. You know, this is like an event that we're going to have to try to basically do whatever we can, you know, in our community, whether it's, you know, as small or as big as it is, it's like, this is what we can do. Um. So, yeah, man, just to bring it, you know what I'm saying? Like to the real shit, like, yeah, there's some fucked up shit that's going on in the world that like, you know, it's like if we're talking about Kanye and stuff like and Trump and all that, like the the politics around what's going on right now, regardless of who your like political preferences is just so really fucked up and it's kind of outside of like left or right or democrat republican it's just sort of like the the powers that be or however you say it like is really what the issue is sure um yeah man i just feel like you know emotional about the shit you know it's just really it's hard to well, it's a big deal, man. I mean, like, and it's, I think, one of the main issues of today's age is that life can be so lavish that we, the only way we can know something happens is if we see it on our TV. And even then, it it exists in our lives for 15 minutes. We think about it, and then we move on with our own lives. Yeah. And that's the shitty part. Like, let me just, like, say this. Like, if, for example, all of us right now, we're just in our rooms right now, and we're, like, you know, your mom's in mom and dad's house, like, how we, whatever we are. But, like, we're in Afghanistan. Yeah. You know? And, like, we're men. So, we're, like, kind of good. But then, like, our sisters or, like, our moms or, like, our wives or, like, our little cousins or whatever, they're all subject to this, like, certain just, like, fear sort of based lifestyle. Um, The cards that we have been dealt you know, the life that we've been given, the circumstances that we've been, you know, sort of granted, um, the likelihood that we would have been, have, would have been granted whatever these Afghan people that I'm talking about yeah. is is very high, 
you know, it's just circumstance. It's just like literally like regard for one's existence, wherever it came from. Like somehow we were just regarded into this whatever life that we have. Mm -hmm. And it, it could have equally have been somebody in the Philippines who was less fortunate or the, you know, Afghanistan. Um, understanding that and having the empathy and finding that place in your heart to like just understand that concept is like the same exact thing that I think like help can help you tune into like maybe what Kanye is trying to say about the world and life in general or just like what any comedian might be trying to express you know any modern comedian might be trying to express about what's going on in the world it's that it's just um it's much more complex than we might we might think it is in our day-to-day -day life i think people just gotta feel more i mean like that's why and we'll wrap this up soon um uh, nah, dog. <laughs> you said nah yeah, <laughs> um but I've been made fun of for my level of sensitivity, for my level to feel for others or that I am too nice. It is a subject that has made me very emotional in the past and I'm not going to get emotional. But I do believe that it is something that I'm willing to sacrifice my own masculinity that society expects of me to mm. be sensitive, to empathize because I've won more in life than I've lost. Well, and like... I I think that Go we ahead. should all empathize more because, like, shit like this in the world is happening. We're like, the, all this shit that's happening in the world, like, these negative shit we're talking about is, like, men is doing it. Yeah. To be real. Yeah. So, like, when we talk about, like, empathy and talk about being sort of understanding of these kind of things, like, it is ultimately, like, a major responsibility for us as men to to feel number one just to feel and to like accept that that's okay to feel these things that we feel like when it comes to like the hardships of like what's going on in the world and the suffering and like the simultaneous suffering as we enjoy life yeah. especially as like Californians bro like we got it really good like yeah. we drive around and there's a mountain and there's a fucking ocean like 20 minutes away so um yeah you know these things um um are things to be grateful for like we have like our particularly um sort of like established list of things we can be grateful for as men who are Californians who live in this time that we live in and like mm -hmm. with the uh, privilege that we have. Um, but it's not a bad thing to feel. That's for sure, man. We need to definitely tap into that. Um, and Greg, anything you got to say before shit. we get out of here? Nah, check us out, man. He said it right. Yup. Yeah. Um, I like good music. We make good music, mm -hmm. and uh, this album that's about to come out is is about to blow your mind. Gotcha. Top of yeah, shout out to my sister Myra. Uh, shout out to Myra John at Myra John Shop. It's uh, M A I R A J O H N Shop. That's the clothes I'm wearing. Um, my sister's fucking dope designer. She fucking shit on all of y'all. <laughs> and also shout out to Greg Sunga, my fucking brother, my fucking friend. Um, my my bandmate, my roommate. Thank you for everything for, you know, just everything the brotherhood, the music that we've created together. Thank you to you guys for having us. And short notice, we're trying to promote this fucking event. Please come out, buy the tickets at duoexp.com. Duoexp.com. We have tickets on sale, limited tickets for our limited capacity event. Oakland on September 18th listening slash performance event we're going to be playing the album live and we're going to be playing the album for you uh, through two Apple HomePod speakers it's going to blow your fucking mind and um, we're going to have food and we're going to have um, drink 
and we're gonna have a drink and uh we hope to see you there strippers. and thank you to it can't be that bad podcast <laughs> for having us shout out it can't be that bad y'all always BTB, take baby. care of us we appreciate y'all man yeah guys Yo, you use any of those beats i gave you yet Dude, I don't know what to the use new, them for. I want to use them for song. like the freestyle Fridays, dude. <laughs> I haven't found, I haven't created any like videos outside of this podcast to use it for yet, but I freaking will, dude. You heard it here first. It can't be that bad, people. What do you call them? Baddies. Right. You heard it here, baddies. Yup. Um, Alejandro, I'm Christian. <laughs> baddies, y'all know where to check them out. Yo. Take it easy. Have a good week. Bra. Peace out, y'all. Bra. Bye. Bye.